Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Are you ready to take a journey through the cosmos? Are you ready to see the dimensional doorways to reality? The original video recording that we call a true reflection of the universe, and that the universe is you, and you are the universe. Are you ready? You know what they say, as above, so below. Are you ready to go?
All right, please and bless this family. This is your radio host, Nikki Love, a.k.a. Well, no, I'm your spiritual guide, and I know all is well. Well, as you see tonight, we are going to be doing a topic or talking about a topic that's very important to each one of you because each one of you cannot sit here and tell me you're perfect and you don't have no issues. So tonight, bring your pens and pads. We're going to be talking about getting DDR'd. And you're probably saying what DDR means, and we'll talk about that later on after we address your psyche. Now, the topic is talking about addressing your psyche, what is going on in your mind. Why do you live the way that you do on a daily basis? Do you have any habits that you have, you know, that you are carrying out in this day and time? Why do you do what you do? I always like to say why is why, why? You know what I mean? Because we do things not realizing that they can stem from our past, from our childhood, and we don't understand why we continue to do them in this present day. And when we do them in this present day, they can be, well, they can be somewhat not good, such as picking up habits or addictions or many different things that we do in our daily lives and not realizing why we do them, but we know that they don't feel right. We know that it doesn't feel right. We know that it's not right because, you know, if it was, we wouldn't be miserable, some of us. So tonight we're going to be talking about addressing the psyche and getting DDR, very important, because you are the controller of your world, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, and your soul. So <laughs> get your pens and papers. And also what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing readings. So if you call in and you say, well, you know what, Nikki, I have a habit of, you know, just just say biting my nails. You, just, you know, that might not be a good one, but anyway, biting my nails. Why do you bite your nails? So let's tap into the spirit and see. Well, when you were little, you were afraid of something. You was nervous because, you know, every time you turned around, your parents was arguing. So you, you know, found your peace and, you know, however you want to put it, you found peace with them biting your nails, which helped you not to be nervous because they was arguing and fighting all the time. These are the things that I'm talking about which we have to address in this day and time, which we have the ability and the power to change if we really want to. Many of us walk around here making excuses. Yeah, okay, keep making excuses because in this transformation that we're in right now, it's time to make a major change. That means with your mind, your body, and your soul. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, two years ago, we did a, we had a format because every year we changed the format, and the format was healing your body, your mind, and your soul. Well, Spirit told me to bring this up, this topic up again, a little bit different, but really addressing and, and stressing to the people the importance of wanting to change your life because your daily life may be in the way, it may be the way that it is now, whether it's good or bad or maybe not even, you know, okay. There's some things that need to be changed, okay? And you don't know how to change it because you just won't refuse to address this matter in your psyche. It's in your mind. It's in your thoughts. You wake up thinking about it. You don't know why you think about it. You know, it comes from your past. You know what I mean? So there's many reasons why we do what we do. And when we understand why, then maybe we can change it. Okay? So, and... Again, we're doing reading, so if you call us, I had a habit of, you know, eating too much. I ate ate a lot. Oh, I eat a lot. Why do you eat a lot? Is it because you 
you was hungry when you was little. You didn't have food, so you feel like you needed to, you know, eat. You need to eat as much food as you can because you're afraid. You have that fear in your soul that one day you're going to run out of food again because this is something that's planted in your psyche from the time you was a child growing up knowing that there was no food. See what I mean, y'all? This is what I'm talking about. So what we're going to do is we're going to address this topic. We're going to come back. I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, wait for a few more people to come in, and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss this topic more in depth, and then we'll tell you what DDR means. I do see a 207, so 207, you'll be the first caller when we come back from commercial break. But uh, if you get your questions lined up, y'all, Get ready if you want a reading on your situation. Don't call me and ask me, can you read my love life? Can you tell me why my money is not working? You know what I mean? I mean, unless it's pertaining to helping you change your psyche and addressing your psyche, don't ask me no dumb questions. That's right. I said it, y'all. Don't ask me no dumb questions because people will call here, well, like, I just want to know, am I going to get a new job tomorrow? Now, it's a possibility that, you know, you may have not have had a job for 20 years and you wonder why you ain't had a job. You know, it could, we got we to gotta read and see what the underlying reasoning for that is. Maybe it could be because you're lazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, uh, family, we are going to ask you to get your pens and paper, get your questions ready, okay? Press 1 on your keypad if you're going to participate in this uh, topic tonight. And if you're willing to address your psyche, because a lot of us don't like to take responsibility for the way that we think. We always point the finger. We always blaming everybody else, but we never want to take responsibility for our actions and why we do what we do. Okay? Not realizing you do what you do because of whatever reason you're doing it. Maybe you had some issues in the past. Maybe you had some problems when you were growing up. Whatever it may be. So uh, I see the lines are getting ready to pop up here, y'all, because we already got two calls waiting. Well, let's wait for a few more people to come in. Get your questions ready. I want your questions to be pertaining to addressing your psyche. Again, do you have a habit that you're not sure that you can't break because of whatever, you know, reason you may be addicted to drinking? You don't know why, not to the point where you're just a drunk, falling out alcoholic, but sometimes to be the case. Why does a person drink to the point where they drink? A lot of people don't understand. They could be drinking because of whatever issues they had in their past is the problem. They want to try to get rid of it for the moment. You all heard that before. But, again, who makes the final decision to do that? People go to rehab for 20 years at a time and still don't get here. You know why? Because they are the controller of their thoughts and their minds and their emotions and feelings. And then there's the physical aspects of it. The physical aspects of it is that you get physically addicted to drugs and alcohol. But in that case, then, if we speak about the mind being a powerful tool and being able to heal the body, why isn't it that your mind cannot heal you from doing drugs and alcohol? Can it? Yes, it can. But they'll have you thinking it can't. Okay? So we'll be back, family. Give us some, we'll play, play another commercial. We'll be back, and then we're going to take our callers. Again, get your pens and papers ready. I want you to write down. I'm going to tell you all what DDR means. If you didn't see me on the video on Facebook a little earlier tonight, you know what it means. If you see me, I mean. And if you don't, then we'll tell you what it means. Because what I will let you know is that the mind is like a computer. As a computer works, as a computer has a brain, 
you too have a brain. Can that computer be programmed? Yes, it can, and so can you. Okay, so these are the things we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. This is your radio host, Nikki Love, a.k.a. Wulam, your spiritual guide. We'll be right back, family. Okay, 
we're going to change it. <clears throat> no more excuses in this time and day. And, again, I said I did this show a couple of years ago. was talking about healing your body, mind, and soul, taking your mind back from society, which means that if you want to change in your daily life, a lot of us sit up here, we get spiritual readings, divinations, you know, spiritual work. Oh, I want this to change. I want that to change. And I'm realizing a lot of stuff is circumstantial. It's not because somebody put a curse on you. It's because of the way you think. It's because of the way that you don't choose to change your mindset, which will put put you in a better situation in your present-day life. So we're going to start with 207. 207, you're on the air. State your name and where you're calling from. Hi, I'm Dorothy, and I'm calling from Maine. Dorothy, welcome. How are you? Um, I don't know how I am. I mean, I suppose that sounds silly, but I'm just kind of, I, I do have a form of depression, so that kind of doesn't help any. But I feel I need to get back into really being motivated okay. in my life. There are things that I need to do. I need to figure out how I'm going to be able to get from where I am now in the U.S. because I want to move to Ireland, and I have to figure that all out. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go back to the first thing you mentioned. You have a form of depression, and what form of depression is that? I mean, I guess it, I guess I could be classified as clinically depressed, only I'm not one of those that thinks that life isn't worth living, that, you know, you, you feel like I'd be better off dead or anything like that. No, I'm not like that. I'm not like what you see in the commercials. But I don't always have a lot of the motivation I need. I don't know how to explain it. It's, you know, because I have a friend that once said that I was the most cheerful, depressed person she ever met. Because I am a positive person. I just find that life can be very... I don't know, it started after my father died. I'd just gotten close to him for a week, and then shortly after that, he died, and that was very hard for me. And that was a long time ago, and my life is just, I've had, I haven't had an easy life. So it's, it hasn't always been easy to feel motivated or, you know, because I'm somebody that, yeah, I'd rather do, do most anything than maybe clean or something. I, okay. I'm creative. Well, first you said you were clinically depressed. So that means, you know, uh, they diagnose you with being clinically depressed. Who makes the rules, okay? Now, if this is the first time calling to my show, you'll get to know my personality. I'm a very compassionate person, care about everybody, but I don't hold my tongue. I don't go with their no, rules. I noticed that. <laughs> who, clear, who, who, who makes the rules, for one? For two, when your dad died, I like mm-hmm. to say it's from birth to death and death to life. Your dad is living now. And if you want to yeah. understand the concept of where I'm coming from as an African traditional healer, we don't believe in death in the way that the Western world does. So your dad didn't right. die. His physical body died and returned back to the earth, and now he's truly living. Your dad hasn't right. gone anywhere he's with you. And if you take yeah, the time out to communicate with him, then you will see that he's always been with you. He hasn't gone anywhere. For one, oh, no, for two. Talk to him. Okay, good. So that's good. All right, so now we're saying that you it's hard to get motivated. One of the things I'm really big on is spell words. Did a show about that too. We have a way of putting spells on ourselves. So when we say something is hard, we're not realizing that we're putting that energy out into the universe, which says that you know what, it's hard, it's going to be hard because we just put our breath out there and our energy out there to the universe that said it was going to be hard. So now we're making it hard for ourselves. You need to change up your terminology. Right. Say everything I want to do is going to be easy. You need to change your thinking. Everything I want to think is going to be something that's going to be motivating to me. 
See, a lot of times, you know, we live in such a society that teaches us more negative than positive. You can think positive all day long, but are you doing positive? And at the end of the day, you can state it out of your mouth, but are you really, really thinking it in your mind? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. what you have to do is stop saying it's hard to get motivated and say it's easy to get motivated. It's easy. You see what I mean? It's just as simple as that. As simple as that. When we understand the psyche of the brain, we have all the scientific information. We have all that science shows us how the body can heal itself with the brain. If your if your mind and you you know can is so strong that it can heal the body, why can't it heal everything else in your life? It can. That's true. You understand, but it has to start with us getting what I call deprogrammed, because we have been programmed. The mind is just like a computer. So we have been deprogrammed, I mean programmed, and now we have to deprogram, delete, and reprogram, which means we have to deprogram our minds of the way that the society has taught us to think, how to live, how to, you know, do things. And we know that we live in a very negative society that teaches us more negative than positive because all we see is war, killing, crime, hate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now you have to deprogram those thoughts out of your mind. True. And you have to know who you are and recognize who you are and how powerful you are as a being on this planet. You're interconnected with everything. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I mean? So now yeah, what I, I understand. want you to do is stop saying, I, it's hard to get motivated. I'm clinically depressed. Because what you're doing is you're, you're continuously cursing yourself with the same energy that you really don't actually, want to be a part of. Actually, um, the the hard part, using the word hard, yes, I use that. I generally do not say I'm clinically depressed. I was using that so you would understand where I'm coming from. I don't usually use that word because even though I know I have a form of depression, I'm more positive than I am negative because I see the glass as more half full and half empty. Okay, so let's go back to what you said. You have a form of depression. Why do you think that you have a form of depression? That's a good question. You know, I all I know is what people, you know, diagnosis that have been put on me. I have different diagnoses, and I don't necessarily, and I don't really totally fit into any one mold. Okay, so let's give me the de- definition of the word depression. I think everybody's definition would be different. But for me, I think that because I don't fit into the mold of what you see on in the commercials for medication for depression, which I don't take any medication like that. I don't feel like life isn't I don't feel like life isn't worth living. I feel like life is worth living. I really do. I feel like there's there's more to it. I just find that I'm somebody that um I prefer to do things like make my jewelry, do my writing, because I'm working on a book of poetry at the moment to get out to be published, things like that, rather than, oh, gosh, I've got to clean now. That just doesn't, you know, that's, that's, a, that's okay, one of those so things that I have to get back to again. Comes in at. You're writing a book, you make your jewelry, so where does that form of depression come in at? Now, you're saying, you said something and then you stopped. You said people, and then you stopped and said, well, 
It's not like what people say, well, you want to kill yourself. So my question again is what form of depression do you have? It sounds like to me that you're doing very well. Who makes the rules? That's a good question. Who does make the rules? Do you know, basically, when, what we what we what people normally think of as who makes the rules? Society and society, as far as I'm concerned, can go. It sucks because I'm not a sheeple. So yeah, you know, well, this is what society does. If what? you're not doing what they think is the norm, then you are classified or diagnosed as being clinically depressed. Well, just because you choose to stay in your home or work on your book or do this or do that and you don't choose to, you know, associate with people on the outside world, does that make you depressed? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Just because you don't choose to deal with people or do it according to what society says, now you're, oh, you're you're depressed. It's just like children that have ADHD, so-called ADHD, because a little boy, boys naturally have energy. They may fly off the damn wall. This is what we know since we were growing up. Now, all of a sudden, they're diagnosed with ADD. Oh, he's got ADD because he can't keep still. Because society says if you're flying off the walls and you have too much energy, then you have to be diagnosed with a disease. You're very quick to diagnose people with all kinds of things. So, you see, it goes back to you having to take back control of your mind and what you feel, not what somebody else told you or not what somebody else says that you are, but what you feel. Right. I hear you. Do you feel that you're clinically, according to, depressed? I don't feel like I'm clinically depressed. I feel like I have my down moments. In fact, you know, like the last few days, weeks, well, maybe a week, every time I turn around, I can cry at the drop of a pin. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. Let's address why do you cry. When you cry at the drop of a pin, but whatever you said, a pin, I can't hear you clearly, but when you cry... What are you thinking about at that moment? Well, I can give you an example. Recently, somebody called me that I'm getting close to, and he asked me some questions, and I was talking about the house that I lost, which was a house that was I inherited that my grandfather built when I was four years old. And I've gotten past, I pretty much passed the idea that, you know, of losing it. I realize it's gone. I don't want to go back to that town, et cetera, but, I started, to, but it upset. It started to hurt me a little bit, and I don't, I don't know why things upset me recently. I can listen to music and start to cry, or feel okay, like so I'm lonely means, because. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. That means that you are an emotional being, okay? Which is very mm-hmm. possible because everybody's not the same, and that also means that okay, you have to distinguish. Are those, now you have to distinguish this, are those good tears or those bad tears? Are you sad because the house is gone? Are you actually crying because you could remember so much joy within that house that you had? Do you even know why? No, I'm not sure why it should bother me now because moving out of that house, even though I didn't want to lose it and I fought very hard to keep it, it was it was a good thing for me because I was an agoraphobic. And by having to move mm. out, I started to heal, and 
2015, I actually, for the first time in almost 30 years, I went somewhere because I was offered an opportunity to go see a group that I really absolutely loved. And when I was Mm -hmm. asked, if we could get you a ticket, would you go? And I immediately said yes, and then I wound up taking care of the tickets for myself and a friend, and I went further than I normally would have because I couldn't go close to home, which was fine because it was better for me to make a step to go about two and a half to three hours away as opposed to about an hour. About an hour, It was much mm-hmm. better for me, and that started me getting back into the world again. Yeah, I still have fears. I still have anxiety, but it hasn't kept me from going out again. So okay, losing so you just said you have anxiety too? I have anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress. Okay, panic, you have you know, all these you know. different things uh, uh, wrong with you. Um, right. In reference to what society classifies as LGBT. Now, I'm going to say this. Again, let's come back to deprogramming that. Let's say mm-hmm. I don't have anxiety. I don't have post-traumatic. I'm fine. See, what you pretty much did is you took those words and you ran with them and you applied them to your daily life and to your psyche. And you allowed them words to actually manifest in your existence. So if you have the symptoms or if it appears to, that you have symptoms of anxiety according to what society has told you, then you know why. Now take your mind back. If you don't want to have anxiety, you don't have to have anxiety. See, okay. people, again, don't understand how right. powerful. You can't tell me that you believe that the mind and the body can heal. The mind is so powerful, can heal the body, and then you're going to allow a oh, man to come and tell you that something is wrong with you. You have to start believing in your own mind and your own power of being connected with an within everything in this universe. And it's a true fact. It was scientifically proven that the mind was so powerful it could heal the body. So people cannot tell me that they cannot heal themselves of the so-called diseases or, uh, you know, different diagnoses of psychological things that go on in their bodies, that they can't change it because you can if you really want to. You're absolutely right. So now what you have to do is just make a decision in your mind that you don't want to be like this anymore because it's hindering you from doing what you want to do, which is like you said, you want to move, right? Yes. Okay. So with saying that, start by reprogramming your mind. Start by saying the opposite of what you just said. I don't have anxiety. I refuse to let anxiety take over my life. As a matter of fact, we're going to manifest it right out of my life. Starting today, here, and now. Right, because I don't let it keep me back. I'll be out with my friend who, when I go places. Um, it's, usually, it's either with my caseworker or I go out with a really good friend, and she'll tell me sometimes, you know, mind over matter, and we'll keep going. I don't stop. I don't let it get me because I because I can't afford to. Because I told her one day okay. after we had been, okay. that I said, don't let me become an agoraphobic again because 
it was the day after we'd been somewhere and she was going to go out again. And she said, would you like to go with me? And I wasn't feeling so great that morning. So I just, we both decided it was better if I didn't, because she wouldn't be able to bring me back if I was sick. And I said, but well, is she in your thoughts? Become... Is that, how can how can you ask her? Don't let you do anything. It's you that have to d- make that decision. No, I just wanted. You know, it's, it's like having that support system is all it boils down to. But at because the end of the couldn't... day, when you have no support system, what do you do? You be your own support. And a lot of times, your right. support system's not always going to be there. So at the end of the day, let's again take away from what man says that you need and that you should have, and go back into your I, I understand mind. that. I don't expect okay, her to be so everything for me that, or anybody. <clears throat> yeah. Right. We're it, saying it, it, that you're it, the only one that can get up in the morning, okay? Get up in the mm-hmm. morning, and when you wake up in the morning, try this. Everybody try You get up, Well, today I'm going to be happy. Today is going to be a good day for me. Right. And I don't choose to think about yesterday. I don't choose to think about, you know, what happened in the past. I don't choose to think that I got nothing wrong with me because I said today is going to be a happy day. Do that in the morning and watch how that day turns out. Only because you put it out into the universe. You actually are saying to you, yourself and yourself, that I am going to be happy today. So that means your energy and your power within your soul is going to become so strong that ain't nothing going to be able to move you. Because your thoughts, your mind is going to be stuck on that. Today is going to be a good day. So ain't nothing going to bother you. Right. You see what I'm saying? You don't oh, always I, I understand. Support no, I understand what you're saying perfectly. Okay. Well, then start with it. Let's start with it today. So huh? as you leave off this line, you're going to say, I am not depressed. I do not have post-traumatic stress disorder. I am not, I don't have anxiety. Right. You know, one of the things I tell all my spiritual clients is pretty much how they programmed you is how you're going to get deprogrammed. They program you in many different ways, repetitive things that they show you on TV, the words that you constantly hear, everything that you mm-hmm. hear. You hear this over and over and over and over again. You hear it all the time. Oh, you got depression, you got post-medicine, you got disorders, you got breast cancer, you got this. You hear it all the time. So it's sort of like being programmed in your subconscious mind. And when it's programmed in your subconscious mind, you can actually manifest it in your life if you really, really Focus on that thing, for instance, mm-hmm. women who have breast cancer, right? Right. So as they feel a lump in their breast, the first thing they do is they want to run to the Oh, my God, I got breast cancer. Oh, my God, I got a lump in my breast. I got breast cancer. Sometimes it can actually it's manifest not- into breast cancer if you're actually constantly thinking that. And it could be something as simple as fatty tissue or what they call a fib- uh, fibroid adenoma. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It don't have to be breast cancer. But... When you constantly sit there and think, and you're thinking, and it's in your mind that a lump is going to be breast cancer, you can actually manifest breast cancer in your body. You're absolutely right. So this People is do that all the time. What this show is right. This is what this show is about tonight: taking, uh, addressing your psyche, and taking your mind, body, and soul back from society, deprogramming, deleting it out of your mind, and reprogramming your mind. Mm-hmm. Because you're working right in conjunction with the universe, and you know what, and the higher consciousness self, is, and the self that says, you know what, I'm a part of the all, and if I can heal my body according to what science has proven or has proven, then I can heal my body from anything, including depression, including right. anxiety, including you understand? Mhm. No, I do. Okay. 
Okay. You'd be surprised how much I understand. Okay. Well, we're saying that. I want to move on to my lines because my lines are lighting up. So. All right. Thank you. As you are so welcome, and try that. One of the things I recommend to my clients: do that for a good, I would say, week straight, every night before you go to bed. And I say 19 times because 19 times is the number that works for me. But if you need to do it more, you can do it more or do it less. Every time when I lay down, I'll say something 19 times of what I want to change in my life. And before you know it, I'll do it for a week at a time. Before you know it, that thing that I'm looking to change is a done deal. It works. Yeah, I'm sure it does. So try doing that. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome, and thank you for calling in. All right. Blessings. Blessings. 202, you're on the air station. Name where you're calling from? Angela, I'm calling from Virginia, and this is my first Welcome time calling Angela. to you. Welcome, Angela. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't know if this is a reading or just telling you what I go through, but I'm, a, I'm going to start with talking about my daughter. She's a 24-year-old mom. She just uh-huh. made me a grandmom. I have a six-month-old granddaughter. She goes through a lot of things that causes issues with herself. So let me back up for a second. She needs help getting forward, moving forward in her life. So I'm the one who provides her these things to help her get forward. But she destroys everything that I do for her. But those things that she destroys comes back on me because it's my dime my reputation and my credit that's going to be affected by the things that she do. So when I address these things with her, I'm like, why do you continue to do these things like wrecking cars, having accidents? I'm like, OMG, are you accident prone with cars? Now, just to give you a little more detail, she has no license. So I'm actually um, actually, uh, a aiding and abetting her situation. Wait, hold on for a minute because your phone is going in and out, so I need to hear you clearly. The last thing I heard okay. you say that she has no license. Right. She has no driver's license. Is you Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay, so it's been suspended for about a few years. So when when I get on her, and I'm like, why do you do these things? What's wrong with you? I mean, I can't diagnose her because I'm not a professional. However, when I do this to her and I tell her, you know, say to her, why do you do these things? She gets angry with me and turn it back on me. And now she wants to, just recently, she wants to now take my granddaughter, who I'm attached to, I'm going to give her away. I don't want her. I need to get this money together so I can give you back your money. And I'm like, why would you do that? Now, this is not the first time she has said this about either giving my granddaughter away for adoption or when she was pregnant where that she wants to abort the pregnancy at seven months. I'm like, yeah, something is wrong. So these things have been going on for a while now. So I'm trying to figure out what is it about my child that always want to turn on me and then make me feel like I'm the bad one when I'm the only one that got her back. Okay. <clears throat> and this is this is uh, interesting that you call in with this question because I just had two other situations like this offer that I dealt with spiritually with other clients where their daughters are doing the same thing. I, I want to say this to you for one. Um, 
let's talk about how you and your child grew up together. What was your relationship like with your daughter when you was little? When she was little? When she was little, yeah, that's what I meant. Well, um, well, I know at the age of three, maybe, maybe six, her and her brother, I gave both of them to their father. And they went to live with him for seven years. And during uh-huh. that time, I was going through a lot of changes uh, as far as trying to hold down employment, trying to keep residents, constantly moving, no support from him. So I said, you know what, instead of going through all this, here, take your kids. And I went off and went to school, got my degree, did what I had to do to get me get myself into a career. Got my career, I snatched my kids back. By the time I got them back, uh, I, I don't think that was a good thing because the relationship was kind of like severed. Because I did get her back, and then I sent her back. Because I couldn't get along with her. I'm like, well, I can't get along with this child. So we definitely had, from the time she was adolescent into her teenage years, we were always at, at each other's throats. And then what I try to do is try to soothe that by, okay, maybe I just show her more love. Yeah, whatever she want, I give it to her. Now, in the past three years, she didn't have six cars. I've given her six cars, and she destroyed every last one of them. So it's not like she don't love her mom, but she doesn't give me hell. Okay, and part of that is your fault. Now I'm about to tell you what's wrong. I'm Mm going to tell you what's wrong. Hold on for a minute. Now, this is where you got to take responsibility. When you gave them to their father, how old was they? They were young. She had been about six. She was around six. And my son, let's see, seven, eight, nine, ten. He was around 12. Okay. So now here you take a six-year-old child that's used to having the nurturing from their mother and a 12-year-old boy and you give them to their father, which in their little mind they don't understand. Now, you was going to school to get your degree. You couldn't deal with it. You were dealing with issues, moving back and forth, whatever was going on, which means you wasn't perfect. You're doing the best you can but you still didn't allow them to go through that struggle, which was so you pretty much gave up on them and gave them to their father, right? Now, in a child's mind at 6 and 12 years old, they ain't thinking about that, that you really were struggling, that you want to finish your degree. All they're thinking about is why did mommy give us up? You understand? Which is pretty much stays with them emotionally, okay, and their psyche as we're talking about tonight, and why... These children, when you went to get them back, especially your daughter, end up bucking against you. Now, you said that we were bumping heads. Ain't no way in the world you should have been bumping heads because if she was 12 by the time you got her back, what you said, 7 years, 13, she still would have had to have respect. And I think oh, what you yeah. still do, say it again. I'm sorry, go ahead. You're right. What you should have did is at 13, it set her down, which she would have understood a little bit because she's old enough, a little bit older now, why you had to let her go with daddy. Because all these years she's thinking, whether you was in their life or not, you wasn't there, they wasn't living with you, she's thinking, oh, I know mommy gave us up to daddy. So in their minds, they're thinking you didn't want to be bothered. Although that may not be the case. This is the way a child thinks, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, with saying that, 
What you do is you turn around and try to show her love, but not in a way where you're giving her love in the sense of where you're talking to her, you're, you know, teaching her daily. You're giving her material things. Material things ain't love. Why do you think she destroyed them six cars? That's not how they want love. You can't love a child with giving them material things. You got to hug them. You got to kiss them. You got to say, you know what, every day I love you. Give me a kiss. Give me a hug. And you know what, mommy had to do this, this, and that to get a better life, to get y'all to where I need to be. You know what I mean? But what one thing I know about parents, and the ones that I deal with a lot, they are not nurturing to their children and think that the material things and providing the basics over these children's heads is all that they need when these kids need love. And let me tell you all something. I know. I know for a fact because I raised four of them and two of them that wasn't even mine. There's one thing I always showed them was nurturing and love, hugging and kissing. I didn't have a lot to give them because there was a time when I was struggling. But I'll tell you another thing. Where you made your mistake at, too, was making the excuse that you could not do what you had to do with them kids in your life. Because many women do it. I did it. And not to mention the fact that you said that your daughter wants to give up her child now so she can give you her money back. Where do you think she got that mentality from? There you have it. So now, with saying that, now you see why your daughter is doing what she's doing? Yeah. And see, this is what I mean. Sometimes, and we have to start addressing our psyche because we just think, you know, it's all about this and, you know, we just think a certain way, but we not think about, I always say this, why is she reacting the way that she's acting? Why does she wreck them seven cars? Maybe she don't give a damn because she don't want the material things. She wants that love and nurturing from her mother. Maybe she wants to give up that baby because that's what her mother did when her mother got fed up and felt like she couldn't care for two kids because she was losing employment and this was going on and she wasn't strong enough at that time to struggle to struggle with her kids, regardless of what was going on, if they had to sleep in a car together, she still held it down. See, this is where your daughter and your son probably, most of your daughter lost respect for you. And this is why y'all are bumping heads, and this is why she runs her mouth and talks to you the way that she does. Mm-hmm. Now, what you need to do is you need to, first of all, apologize for what you have done. you got to forgive yourself for what you have done. So that's going to be number one for you addressing your psyche. Hold on, wait a minute. Let me go back and address. What did I do? What was my mindset at that time? You know what I mean? Why did I give yeah. up my babies? I could have hung up, you know, held it down. You see what I mean? So this is why I told everybody bring a pen and pad tonight because you need to write these things down. Go back. And then it starts with you forgiving yourself for what the, what mistakes you made in your life <clears throat> that may cause your daughter, your kids to be the way the way that they are to this day. And the best thing you could do for her now is be honest with her about what you did and how you did it, because that's going to begin her healing mechanism. For one, she ain't gonna think about giving up that baby. Okay. Right. She uses that baby to 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 uh she uses the baby to 
to as a, as a pawn. I, I'm upset with you. So, well, if you're going to give her away, why don't you just let me have her? No. <sighs> Your phone, is, <clears throat> your phone is breaking up. Well, can you hear me now? I tried to use this Apple phone, which is a better phone than my Android. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you. So what you're saying is she won't give you the baby? No, she said no. Now I'm going to ask you, why don't you think she'll give you that baby? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I think it's because she feels, oh, I, I don't have the patience for the baby. But she sees that I'm attached to the child because I've made it known that, wow, you know what, this is like my second chance, you know, and she's trying to get on her feet, but she keeps destroying herself and not doing the things. She just won't listen to, like, to nobody, not just me, not even her father, you know, so... I'm like, okay, so you want to relocate to North Carolina. So this is what I'll do. I'll keep the baby while you go there and get yourself set up. Go to school. Go to the nursing school that you want to go to. Get yourself situated. And then when you're situated, then you can get your baby. She said, well, okay. That's what she said when she left here tonight. But my feelings in my gut, in my in my solar plex, I was feeling some other kind of way. Like, nah, she made that known when she was seven months that she wanted to abort the baby because whatever she was going through with the baby's father. And now she, the baby is here. She wants to give this child up for adoption. <laughs> but again, the question is, why don't you think she'll give it to you? Because she's still angry at you. And not only that, she knows that that's going to hurt you. She's still trying to find a way to put, to pay you back for what you did to her when she was younger. You don't see that? I see it. Now, we're saying that. We're saying that. She may not say it out of her mouth, but that's what spirit is showing me. So she wants you to punch. She wants you to suffer. You hurt me when I was young, mommy, so I'm gonna hurt you. Now you wanna make a make it up for with this baby, but you should have made it up with us. You know what? But you didn't do it because all you did was give me material things. But did you really show me love? No, you didn't. Now you wanna make it up with my child? Well, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna give her a full adoption. You ain't gonna be able to see your grandchild. That's still showing the anger that she has from when she was little. She's still mad at you, and this is something that you and her need to sit down and have a heart to heart talk about. Because what she's doing is she is reacting in this present day, the way that she's reacting, because of the pain that she's holding within her soul and the hurt that she feels that you caused her. Hmm. And she hasn't talked about it. There's no, it hasn't been an outlet about it. So what you need to do is sit down with that young lady. I want to talk to you. How do you feel? Ask her, how do you how did you feel when mommy left you? And tell her to be honest with you. Okay. Ask her. Sit down and have a heart to heart talk with her and and get her to pull them feelings out deep from within her soul. How she really felt about it. And ask her, how did you feel when I came back into your life? Did you feel that I showed you love in a nurturing way? Or did you feel that I gave you more material things? Ask her. And you don't say nothing. 
Don't try to make excuses. Don't try to interrupt her. Let that child talk. Let that child tell you what exactly was going on in her mind when you left her when she was six and now when you get back into her life and the times y'all bumped head, let her just talk. Let her get it all all out of her system. And then in the meantime, while she's talking, make sure you listen because you'll be able to hear what she's thinking and how she's thinking, okay? Yeah. And the mistake you made is, well, I'll do this for you. She knows that you're trying to make up for what you didn't do in the past. She knows that. And you, if you said it to her, this is my second chance, you was out of order for that because at the end of the day, I'm not telling you that I want a second chance because I didn't do right by you. Because that's what it sounds like you're doing, admitting to her that you did not do right by her, so what you want to do is make it up with her baby. That that That's not good because it's not showing that you have taken responsibility for why you did not do right by her and her brother. Not to say that you did wrong, but why you gave them up to their father. You got what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to start with you also admitting and taking responsibility for your actions and what you didn't do as a mother in order for her to begin to heal. The wrong thing to say is that I want to help you because I need a second chance. No, I'm going to help you because I know that you're a new mother. I went through this with you all, and this is where you can begin your conversation with her of getting her to understand why you did what you did, not because you didn't love your babies, but because you felt like at that time it was too much for you to be able to uh, take care of them dealing with employment, not having places to live, and you thought the best thing for them was to be in a stable home while you were able to get it together. So this is what you have to do. Explain this to her. And I understand where you're at, so I want to help you whereas you understand that I was there before. That's why I gave you to Daddy, and, you know, I had to do what I had to do. But now... I'm letting you know because I've been through that experience, I'm going to help you so you can do what you have to do for this child. And see, you remember, we have to find the proper words to say. we got to understand right. what, how you put it out there because it doesn't have to be complicated. But most of all, sometimes we have to take responsibility for our actions and what part we play before we judge our children and say, well, what is it that I did wrong? Is it something that's bothering that child from what, you know, because we so quick to say these children don't listen, they don't do this. And I'm going to just give y'all the example before I go on to my next caller. I dealt with this with my 20-year-old daughter. And what I learned is the biggest problem I, I had with, with her, because I said the same, you don't appreciate that, nothing I do for you, da, 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 da. And then I had to think about it, I said, you know what the goddamn problem is? I spoiled you too much, and that was the problem. I did everything for her, now she don't know how to do it by herself, and that I had to take responsibility for. Honestly right. speaking, I, and I just went through this myself as a mother, and I keep it real with my listeners, and I share with my people because I deal with everyday issues like y'all. I had to say... That was the problem. I did too much and everything for them, so now she's dependent on me. So I had to start with taking responsibility for my actions that I played in her life, and I had to stop complaining. I can't even complain. I'm the one who did it to her. So now I have to fix it. And how do I fix it? I fix it by letting her know that was my mistake. I should have never did that because now look at you. 
But I also had to come back and reinforce it with, you're grown now. You have two children. And you have to take responsibility for your children in your life. But I started with admitting what my fault was in playing a part in why she is the way she is. You got what I'm saying, sister? I understand, exactly. So that's how you're going to deal with your daughter, and that's how you're going to actually fix this situation. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate it. You're going to have to do it that way. And as far as her crashing the cars, first of all, she needs to take responsibility because she shouldn't be driving without no license if it's been suspended for two years. She needs to she needs to fix that. Yeah, there's another. But everything else that. will fall in place once you begin to take responsibility and talk with your daughter, and admitting to her first where you made your mistake at. Because now what you're doing is you're teaching her to take responsibility for her actions and the things that she does. Okay. Okay. I hear Alrighty. you, Ashay. Ashay. And if you need any more insight, everybody knows off air I do do readings. So if you all need readings off air, I do charge. Y'all know how I am. So off air, if you want further counseling, if you think you need further counseling, I do do spiritual counseling sessions. The spiritual counseling sessions are on the site. Um, so y'all know my site, www.nikkilovewunam.com. That's www.nikkilovewunam.com. That's N is an Nancy, I-C-K-Y, L-O-V-E-W-U, N is an Nancy, A, M is a Mary.com. Now I'm going to go to the next caller. We have a 513 on the air. 513, state your name, where you're calling from. This is Dan Swan Killings, from Cincinnati. Dan Swan, welcome. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. What's your question? Well, um, I got an issue that uh, affects my everyday life. First off, that um, I learned and I um, was taught that in life you get you are given paths to choose, two paths. Life is an obstacle, so everything that comes along your way, you are given two paths to choose, and. The path I always chose, even though I felt like I'm choosing it for the better of myself, my family, my friends, any or everybody that I love, always turned out to be the wrong path, a mistake. And I don't care how many obstacles came my way with them two paths I had to choose from. I always chose the wrong path, thinking I'm choosing the right path for the best of myself, my family, my friends. I just can't get it right, so I made many mistakes in life. So that's the problem I have right now, what I'm going through and what I always have been going through. I cannot choose that right path. Even though I always, the the path I choose, I always thinking I'm choosing it for the best. Okay. So you're saying you can't choose the right path. No, I feel as as if I can, because every time I choose that path, I always it always ends up being the wrong path. It's always something's always happened, or it's always been figure out it's a mistake. You know, maybe I should have went the other route. I don't think I ever really chose the right path since I've been eighteen adult out here on my own. Let's address why 
don't you think that you chose the right path? And what is your idea of the right path? Explain that to me. Um, I have maybe, like I said, every obstacle that comes your way, I, I was talking about and I have learned that you are given two paths. That is, that's uh, a relationship, career goals, uh, something you may do for your family or your friends. You know, so I might thinking that I'm doing something for myself, like to maybe help myself and maybe be able to help others and I end up on a short end of stick, regardless of what, when it comes to career, doesn't matter, take your pick. Give me an example. Uh, I picked up a few times and went somewhere out of town to look at some love, wrong, wrong decision, which I probably could have stayed and, and, and probably had love here. Um, I I had an opportunity for um, two career goals. Chose the wrong career path, thinking that was the right one. Thinking that um, I'm doing the right thing for the right person when I should have been focusing on the person I should have actually been doing it for, but I'm thinking if I do it for this person, it'll help me in the long run. Things like that, like I said, it doesn't matter what's a relationship, career goal, any type of life situation. Okay. How was your life growing up? It's getting two different paths, which I feel like everybody gets two different paths. You always get a choice. You know, when something comes along your comes along your way of life, and um, it's up to you to choose which way you're going to go, one or the other. I go one way thinking it's for the best. And then I realized later that I should have went the other way. And then I always fall back, fall back behind, and starting over. So basically, then, you're doing you're doing exactly what I said earlier in the in the topic is that we have a choice. You can choose to be happy, or you can choose to be sad. Right. So you basically address your your own psyche. So what you had chosen to do was to do what was not right according to what you're saying. Is that what I'm hearing? Can you repeat that? Okay. The topic is basically addressing your psyche. That's the last Say it again. You can just repeat that last statement. The last statement I said, so you chose the path of what you thought was going to be right, right? Right. You made a choice. You made a choice, I'm going to do this. Basically, you addressed your own psyche and decided to do what you wanted to do, what your thoughts told you to do, right? Right. But now you're saying you see that those thoughts that you chose to choose necessarily wasn't the right thought, right? Right. So you're saying, based on what you just said, career choices, people. For one, you have no control of the, of the way that other people think and what they do. 
Only control you have is of you, your mind, your body, and your soul. So with saying that, did you really make the wrong choice of choosing that person that you felt or that somebody else felt wasn't the one you should have chose and did for? Or was it all you? Or was it the person just wasn't conducive to the way that you were thinking, the way that they were acting wasn't conducive to the way that you were thinking at that time? Who makes the rules? That's what I can say. Who makes the rules? So who said that, okay, you were supposed to take care, you should have did right by this person, but you chose to do it by this person, but because that person didn't do right, now you feel like you made the wrong choice because you should have did right by the other person. Who makes the rules? Okay, you decided to take a career path. Your mind, your thoughts told to take that career path. It didn't work out. It did not work out because you should have chosen another. See, who to say the other one wouldn't have worked out? We have no control. The only control you have is your thoughts and your actions and your body and your mind and your soul. You don't know what the outcome is going to be until you go down that road. And who's to say that the outcome was supposed to be good? Maybe it wasn't supposed to be good. You did make the right choice. That's what your thoughts told you. You made the right choice, but it wasn't supposed to be good because that wasn't the energy of that situation at that time. You got what I'm saying? You know what? For one, that's just Actually, actually, I do get what you're saying. Yeah, I do. Go ahead. So what I'm saying to you, first let's start with not beating up yourself because according to what your thoughts are chosen and according to what society says is what is right and what's wrong, you feel guilty about it now. Why feel guilty? Don't feel guilty at all. You see what I'm saying? Whatever so now I want you to stop by saying, I feel guilty about it. You can't change it. According to what you feel is that that was the wrong choice, that was the wrong career. No, it was not. That's the choice, the choice you picked at that time. And maybe that thing didn't work for you. But was it wrong? No, it wasn't wrong because that's the choice you made. So you start by saying, okay, then they've done that, learned a lesson from that, now I've got to keep it moving. What do I choose to do next? Without fear, don't even worry about the fear part of it because we don't know what's ahead of us until we make the choice to chose that thing that's ahead of us. So don't even stress about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You can't change it. I understand. Thank you. So now you start by seeing yourself making a thought, a choice in your thinking how you want your life to go from this point on. You know what I mean? And this is where we got to start at because, you know, we have so many different mechanisms that have been programmed and brainwashed into our psyche that we can't understand how it has affected our daily lives. So what we do is we take it and we use it and we flip it upside down and and out and we just 
think this about it and think that about it when you shouldn't be analyzing and overanalyzing. What you should be doing is saying, you know what, I made that choice at that time, and guess what? At that time, it didn't work for me, whatever the situation was. And what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to reprogram my mind to get rid of that thought and keep it moving. What do I choose next? I choose to be happy from this point on. The choices I made in the past ain't so, you know, wasn't so good according to what society says. But guess what? I just choose to let that go and keep it moving. I ain't got time and energy to waste on that. I didn't choose this career. I didn't choose the right career at the time. So what I do, I move myself out of it. I have, that happened to me, D'Antoine. I was in medical field, wasted time going to medical school, doing all that stuff. And come to find out, didn't even like it no more. So you know what I said? Okay. Everybody said, you mean to tell me you went to school all them years and you didn't do this? You're damn right. I didn't want to do it no more. At that time, I thought I wanted to, and I chose it. But guess what? At this time in my life, I chose to do something different. And at the end of the day, I'm going to do something different. I'm not going to put a thought in how many patients I've seen and how many lives I've saved. So that was then. This is now. Was it a wrong choice? I wouldn't say it was the wrong choice. It was the choice that I made at the time when I was supposed to be doing that at that time. So who is to say? Who makes the rules? Oh, I made the wrong choice. I should never go in the medical field. Well, guess what? That choice I chose at that time. Well, guess what? It didn't last long. So guess what? I made it. I got it one morning, made another choice. Made another choice. I wanted to help my people with the media. You know what I mean? Now I'm choosing this. But according to society, they'll say, well, you know what, you, 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 should, never, you should never got out the medical field. You should never do that. That's money, 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 money. You ain't making money. Like, I don't give a goddamn what you think. That's what I thought then. Don't tell me how to think. You know what I mean? So don't even worry about it, my brother. What you do is start from now addressing your psyche and reprogramming re, re your mind to think that it is not a bad thing to make a choice that you made. The only reason you think it was the wrong path or the wrong thing because this is what society teaches you. Take that out of your mind and move forward and think and make a, a choice now that is going to be conducive to what you want to feel and how you want to feel. Okay. So in other words, keep doing, keep making it, um, keep doing what I was doing, making the decision whether I felt like, uh, you know, I'm doing, a, I think I'm doing the best for me and the uh, people I love. Regardless if people think I'm making a wrong decision until I get it right. That's right. Until you until it feels comfortable to you. And who's to say that you are making the wrong decision? You're getting that from what people are saying. People are telling you, well, you know, you made the wrong decision. Okay, well, if it feels good to you, then that's your business. That's what feels good to you. That's what your mind is telling you. It feels good to me. It's not harming me in any way, but if you are recognizing that it is harming you, then you need to make some better choices. Not because somebody else said it, because you feel that you are uncomfortable with that choice that you made. You got me? Not because Miss Sally said it or because your mother said it or because your daddy said it, or you should have chose that woman or you should have did this by that. No. At that time, it felt comfortable to me. Was it right or wrong? Maybe in your eyes it was wrong. Maybe in my eyes I didn't see nothing wrong with it. But at the end of the day, it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. But when it comes to a point where it's making you feel uncomfortable because of the choices you make, then that's when you have to make a choice to change them choices that you made to feel comfortable. You got what I'm saying? Yes, I do. 
not based off of what somebody else is telling you is not right and what's wrong, what's right. Nobody's in your body. Nobody's in your mind. Nobody's in your soul. They can't tell you how you feel. They can't tell you what makes you feel comfortable or what makes you feel uncomfortable. Only you know that. You're in your skin, not them. And that's where we have to stop realizing this is where the programming comes in because we're so used to them telling us how to live, how to eat, how to do this, and what's negative and what's positive and how to do this. How, you know what I mean? We don't know how to operate on our own. And if it don't look right in society's eyes or your parents' eyes or somebody else's eyes, then it's wrong. Like I said, who makes the goddamn rules when it comes to your being, your feelings, your emotions, and how you feel? You got me? So don't worry about it. And if you feel uncomfortable and you feel like you're making, again, the wrong choices because it's making you feel uncomfortable, then you only have the power to change them thoughts and make better choices in your life. You got me? I got you. All right, my brother. Now, I hope that makes you feel better. Okay? Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Stay on the line. I'm going to put you on mute, and I'm going to go to my next caller. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Hello? I do I hear something like going on back there? Uh are y'all arguing back there? Oh no, that's because uh, I'm on with this. This is this, this is um, parasitic. Parasitic. Okay, well. Okay, okay, parasitic. Okay, well, we're saying that you press one in your keypad, so maybe the ancestors <laughs> let us hear a little bit of that for a reason, my brother. So maybe, what's your maybe, problem? Maybe, what's going on? Maybe, 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 maybe this is Trolando. You know, I know better. It's Trolando from Louisiana. Trolando from Louisiana. Okay, so what's going on, Trolando? What the hell are y'all back there arguing unnecessarily for? I know. Uh, no, no, it's just um, I'm dealing with a parasite, and you, you told me before that that I need to um, cut ties and this and that because I'm, I'm dealing with my consciousness, and I, and I deal with it, I'm into it, and um, this particular person that I'm connected to is uh, calls me a devil worshiper, Satan, the devil, that devil eyes, knowing, knowing that when my devil eyes really are the angel eyes because my first, first eyes open, you know, and I can see um, the possession with something that I'm connected to. And I'm really mm-hmm. just trying to, I'm trying to cut ties with it, but I can't particularly cut ties with it right now at this particular time because of the situation that's going on with the family, you know. Mm-hmm. Get my children, get my children back in the home based on something that I did not create. You see, so mm-hmm. that is the situation. It's like um, stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I should not be here. I know my ancestors are dealing with me because I raised my Merkaba in 2014. I have seen, I have had visitations from the Syrians. Um, underground extraterrestrials and this and that, 
I've seen entities just popping up, and I'm having all these spiritual phenomena that's happening to me. But then again, on the on the flip side, the, <laughs> I guess I guess you know the the, the universe is uh, balanced. So uh, on the spiritual side, if I, on the spiritual side, if I get spiritual concepts, I guess on the physical spiritual blessings, I guess on the physical side, I get you know uh, what what they call quote unquote death, you know. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let me say this to you. Saying all of that, first of all, it takes a devil to know a goddamn devil. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I heard arguing from her too in the background, so she must be a devil too. Goddamn it. Second of all, we're talking about tonight again addressing your psyche for healing. Healing, healing, healing. Deprogramming. Repeating and reprogramming. Now, according to what you just told me, you want another whole vibration, brother. But then again, you may not be because you sat there and you fed into that energetic, uh, parasitic energy that that woman just put out. Okay? Yeah, I know. I've been, I, yeah, that, that that part is why I've been giving up. I've been giving up my energy, you know, and they say, who, he, who, uh, he, who, uh, Pisses you off the most, controls you, you know. So I have been giving over my my master card, my power, in a sense. How you done? Walk with the aliens, talk to the Syrians. <laughs> yeah. Got blessed by your macabre, and you breathing in that parasitic energy right there. Nah, my brother it ain't right. That means you falling right back down in your vibration. You need to get back on them vibrations and stop arguing. Um, it's all back to what I said, addressing the psyche. It don't matter what nobody says. Let her think yeah, what you yeah. want to think. You a devil, you a demon, you got demonized and whatever. Okay, whatever. I can mm-hmm. either feed into what I or I cannot feed into that. And you have to make a choice not to feed into it because it's not it's a it's another mechanism used to continue to program and brainwash you to make you think that what you are according to what society said is is evil and a demon. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but Nikki, I I know that we are greater. I don't. It, it's just it gets to a point where you know it's just that I'm still in the physical body, so this humanity still will deal. It still will deal with me. That's just like if I came up to you. I mean, I don't care how spiritual nobody is, but if I spit in your face, you're like, what the hell is you spitting my face? You probably spit back or, or start swinging a punch. If I slap you, you're not gonna turn the other damn cheek. You gonna slap me back. You see what I'm saying? Still, the body is still dealing, with, still dealing with this humanity. I mean, at a certain level. Yeah, but time, you know, of course, it was my, you still have the choices. You have the choice to walk away before it gets to the point where you're gonna sit on me and yell at me. Cause see, I can sit there and I can entertain your bullshit, or I can walk okay. away and say I'm not gonna entertain it because you're not gonna lower my vibrations to your vibrations to pull me into your world. At the end of the day, I'm just going to nip it in the bud now and walk away from your ass. How about that? Yes, I love that. And this is my next question to you um, by saying that. uh, So I want to ask you the question. Is spirit telling you that the way that I met this particular person, um, did extraterrestrials, adversarial extraterrestrials, send her to me? Because someone brought her to me. Like she was like a lost soul. Or so to speak, and you know this and that, and for so long we had children together. This and now we where we are right now, but but we've been next year be thirteen years, and thirteen is the representation of the soul and the subconscious 
in a feminine aspect, but uh, 13 also represents transformation, the change from the old into the new. So was she, is she like a handler? The adversary extraterrestrials send her my way to get me on my path. Yeah. I wouldn't so say this, she was necessarily brought in your path to get you up. I wouldn't say they sent her to get you up your path. I think what happens is you all two had to come together because you're each of this common debt. Okay? Now, at the end of the day, I see, I see that you're each other's karmic debt, okay? Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. You, you understand? Y'all have to yeah, that's true. I, I, knew, I knew it was something. I was like, what the hell is going on? I was like, why well, I can't break free from this goddamn chain? Like, it had to be something so strong, so karmic for some kind of past life thing going on, you see? Mm-hmm. I understand it. Yeah. Okay. Like, what, what kind of damn contract was that? Okay. Well, each other's common debt, y'all, is brought together to teach each other a lesson, okay? But not only that, I want to let you know this. You also had to come bring them children into this world. Now, whether they wish you or not, they were meant to be here because they have a greater purpose in this world. So this is why you all were brought together, okay? I know. I figured, I I think that's the only reason. Okay, and, um, because y'all had to teach each other a lesson. Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. And and Nikki, I'm gonna leave with this because I'm gonna hold up the line. Um, her name is Ashley. In numerology, Ashley comes up to the master builder twenty-two. So that's number twenty-two, and that's the master builder. So I feel that she's like building me up to my next uh, relationship or cycle or whatever, so to speak. After that, she passes on. And I graduate from this experience that I'm dealing with her. Because when I got my wake-up call in 2013, I was, I was 33 years old. And I got the wake-up call at 3.33 in the morning. And three's been following me everywhere. And that's the master teacher, that master number 33. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, and I see her name in, I see her name in numerology is Ashley as the master builder to build up me to get to uh I mean, she came in my life for a season, but not for eternity, I guess, in this right. physical meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you just said it all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I was just trying to get confirmation from you for something that I already felt. I already knew just, you know, just from the, the research and the study, you know. Mm-hmm. But that still don't mean you've got to feed into that damn vibration, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, because whatever we feed into is like that creates our reality. So if I'm just going to feed off into negativity, my whole reality will be negative, you know. So I got to cut that off and, you know, just entertain only positivity so only positivity can attract to me, you see. We only attract what we our energy vibration sends out, you know. Right, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. well, Tolanda, there you have it. You know why, okay. So you yeah, can't be caught energy. Okay, yeah. so hold on, let me get to my line because we almost ended up the show. I love you, Nick. I love you too, my brother. Yeah. Okay. All right, hold on. 281281, you are on the air. State your name and where you're calling from. My radio? My radio, sir. What? You want to talk to her? Yeah, I do. The radio, sir? The radio, sir? Where are you going to go? 
slip and hide. Go talk to whoever you was slipping and hiding to. Let me see, like, your daughter told me. She's talking to a different woman. Let me see a phone, bitch. Let me see it. Oh. Uh, yeah, fucking low life. You hear, you hear me? I hear her, and she's on national air saying this. She's on international air saying these things. Why are you saying this, my sister? You angry? People never get her back. So whoever the fuck are you fucking? Let her have your sorry ass. Yes, Miss Nikki. Wow, uh-huh. is she drinking? Yes, man. Yes, yeah. She needs a ass. She's a low life. You know what is what the fuck she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll never get her kids back. Me and you will never. I'm gonna okay, tell you that. Okay, well we're, we're not we're gonna we're not gonna entertain her. We're we're gonna shut her down because she sounds ignorant right now. And actually, she sounds like she's the one who's the demon. So we have to cut that down for a minute, okay? Because I can't tolerate that nonsense right there. You're not bringing my vibrations down, woman. All right, two eight one, you're on the air. Two eight one seven eight eight. You're on the air. Okay. All right. Hold on. All right. We're gonna go to nine three seven. Where'd you go? Nine three seven. Nine three seven. You on air, and then five one three. Go ahead. Nine three seven. Okay, you got nine three seven. That's that's me. Jay Wood. Hey, Nick Luke. How are you? I'm I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. That's great. So I made the decision to make moves uh, the other day. I know, but that's I know I told you. But okay. now, since I made that decision, since I started the process, I feel like bad about it. I knew you were going And I don't know why. <laughs> well, let's see. Why do you feel bad? Now, since you brought it up, but now we must let we must let the story be told. But we won't get into full details. You happen to make a call to social services because you can have you have concern for your child, and there's nothing wrong with that because you should have concern for your child. Why do we feel bad about that now? Because you actually feel bad for the mother, but the mother didn't feel bad for you, and she wouldn't let you see your child. So, at the end of the day. We do everything by or by or for reason, okay? Um, don't feel bad because you made a decision to do something that was going to save or benefit your daughter. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, was it really that bad? You had time to think about it. And you're saying, was it really that bad? Should I really did that? That's why you feel bad because you're really thinking about how the situation could turn out, for one. For two, it doesn't have to turn out bad if you don't want it to. But at least you did what was right because you don't know what may happen to your child if you don't have contact with her based off an action that was taking place before that, which is the mother swinging at you hitting a four-month or three-month-old baby in her face. So do not feel bad for something that you're doing now because you only are reacting to something that caused you to react 
which was an action that she had taken, which was almost harming your child. So don't you dare feel bad about it one bit. Okay. And if she says anything, or if there's anything said by anybody or anyone, you stick to what you felt was right. The choice that you made, was it a wrong choice? Many people are going to tell you that. No, it was not. Had I not seen the reaction to the action, that the baby mama caused, I wouldn't have took the reaction that I took against her reaction. It is what it is. Don't worry about mm-hmm. what people say. Don't worry about what people think. You did what was best for that child, which was your child, which is your seed, and you have every right to do that too. So don't you dare feel bad about it. And if she has something to say about it, you explain to her why you did what you did. And if she says, well, you know, I really wouldn't do nothing to hurt the baby. Well, I don't know. You swung on her when you swung on me and you hit the baby. So how do I know? You sling her around by the arm. So how do I know? So don't you dare sit here and tell me you wouldn't do nothing to hurt my child when you did it in front of my face. And that's how you address that, David. Okay. Okay? Okay. Now do you feel so bad? Uh, not not as much. I'll say that. Let's put it this way. Just imagine. What if she would have killed your baby when she hit her? I would have kicked her ass. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, I would have kicked her ass so good. It would have been, nope. Okay. Yeah. So, no. we're saying that. What I want you to do is replace some thoughts of feeling sorry and bad for her. And feel sorry for that baby. Just think about the thoughts. What if she, what if, what if? she would have harmed her and put her in the hospital? What if she would have stopped breathing? What if? You know what I mean? Okay, what if you didn't call and she did do something to the baby and when you went there and she didn't answer the door, your baby was laying in there dead? Oh, <laughs> I thought about that too. And that's, and that's what made me actually call. That's what made exactly. me do what I did. Because I don't... You, I, you can never be too sure because... You know, how she was acting, you know, it's, you never know. I mean. That's right. You I've heard her say know. many things. So. Did, well, did she ever say she was going to harm the baby? Huh? Did she ever say she was going to harm her? No, she said that she would give the baby up for adoption. It was funny because when I was listening to the lady earlier, I was like, wow, that sounds like her. Right. And I was like, she she said things like that. She said she'd give the baby up to the doctor. She was always fighting with her mom, you know. So, you know, her and her mom, then that's another thing. Because it doesn't have to be me that makes her do something crazy. <laughs> it could be the person that she stays with that makes her do something crazy. Like her mom. And the baby just pays the price. Right. Exactly. So you did what you had to do to protect that child, your child. Mm. Not just any child, your child. And you right. did what you had to do, so don't feel bad. Oh, well, I, I don't. I don't. Okay. Thank you. Okay, next. What was your next, next question? Um, <laughs> we'll see. The, what's his name, Rolando? <laughs> the, the reason I find this dude interesting is because every time I'm about to call in, 
He calls in right before me. And he says something parallel to what I'm saying at the moment or what I'm dealing with. That's the funniest thing. But, uh, no, I don't, I think, because <laughs> I was going to say something similar to what he was saying. <laughs> was, uh, he, I think that she was sent to me to, like, either get to me or lower my vibration or something. So it was kind of like a parallel situation where I, I feel like she was, you know, sent to test me or bring my vibration down or, or you know, some, somebody seen a way for to, because I felt like I was on my way up. And then yeah. when I started to deal with her, then everything started kind of falling apart. Okay. So basically, like I said to him, she's your karmic debt, okay? Um, maybe sent to you to kind of make you see some of the things that you was doing. You know what I mean? But I don't know about that because I've read you before, Jay Wood, and I, I don't see, I see that you pretty much learned from your uh, past things that you did, but I don't see that in a sense, where she is your full comic at it all. I see that she was brought to you so you could all bring that baby in this world. But it's not supposed to be long-term either with her. Um, but most of all, that baby had to come through her womb for one reason or the other, something in her DNA that is going to be embedded in that baby that's going to make this world a different, a better place, along with your DNA, which is why that baby was brought here. By the time... We come into each other's lives for many reasons. Sometimes people think it's married, have children, you stay together forever. That's not the case. It could be just to bring a child in this world who may change the world. So I don't see that she was born into your life as your karmic guy. I see that y'all had to come together. Something in her DNA, which she's not recognizing in the physical right now, had to be brought through that child, which is going to make a change later on in this world. Okay. Yeah. I could kind of see that too. With, uh, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I've seen because I've seen a lot of uh, spirit spiritual things when it came to her. Like, uh, yeah, it 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 was they were. I was from what I understand, pushing for that to happen. I, and I kept telling her about it. She thought I was playing, but I was like, no, seriously, look. So there's a lot of things that are going on in my caption there, but uh, oh well. <sighs> okay. 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 But, well, you know, have you heard from her yet? No, nah, she she hasn't even replied yet, so she's okay. no, no nothing. Right. Okay. All right, so you don't know what, what state your baby is in now, right now, do you? I really believe that she she left. I really believe that she already did leave. I really I felt like she went there for Thanksgiving. She went to California, like I told you. Yep, I really felt like she went there for Thanksgiving. All right, I told you what Spirit showed me. She was planning on doing, but you know where her oh, father she... lives, at, right? Oh yeah, that's that's easy. I you know I. 
if she tried to do that, it, it would be very bad news for her. This is how I would, that's actually would, because I already told her, like, I already know the, how they do things here. When she does that, then that pretty much, that's why I say, like, you know, even if she does it, it's okay. Because the moment she does it, that's when I, that's when I actually get what I want. I'm, not what I want, but, you know, I get, <laughs> I do get what I want, but it's not, I'll get it for, I'll have full custody. Okay. Because right. cause she basically left. I want her right. to, I do want her to be in her mom's life. I want her mom to be in her life. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I just want her to get the help that she needs. Okay. Well, and that's what's going to happen when them social services go to the house and she ain't there. See, what's going to happen now the social services is going to contact the social services in California, and they're going to go out to her father's house. What happened? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. So you just sit back and you watch, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Hold on. I'm going to take two more callers, y'all, and then we're going to end up the show. You're welcome, Jay Wood. Just keep me updated. Okay. Hold on. All right, 513, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing, Nikki? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing a lot better. Um, Is this Yvette? Yes, it's me. (laughs) Okay, I thought I recognized that voice. Yes, me. Um, Oh, gosh, it was meant for me to see your post on Facebook. Oh, my gosh, it was like deja vu, just... Friday night, I had um, an uncle and aunt that was here from New York, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, out the blue, well, all of a sudden, out the blue, one of my uncles asked me, he was like, I just got to ask you a question. I was like, sure. He was like, were you scared of your grandfather growing up? I'm looking at him like, that is a strange, that was the strangest thing <laughs> For him, for that to come out of his mouth, because the truth of the matter is, I have discussed this with other family members, and the and the answer is absolutely, as they were scared of um, their father growing up. But I say that to say this: when you were saying about like, why do we do some of the things that we do, mm-hmm. and that's connected uh, to our childhood. And so I was explaining it to them that, you know, my mother never hollered at us. Uh, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, whom we were talking about, he never hollered at us. However, what they didn't know was my grandmother hollered at me and my siblings constantly. And we grew up not really getting, uh, my mother really, we we got whooped a couple of times, but I, but on you know I can tell you on one hand, you know mm-hmm. how many times that occurred. However, my I was telling them my grandmother really hit on us a whole lot. Kind of made my life kind of miserable at one point in time. And I told them like you know on my on paternal side, my grandparents, my father never laid a hand on me ever, ever. And um, so when you were talking about hollering, if you're hollering, that is something that 
I ended up doing and still do, I'm aware of it. I'm trying to stop really from doing that. And mm-hmm. it comes from, I know where it comes from. It comes from my grandmother hollering at us. And let me explain this so everyone can understand. My mm. grandparents owned a old-fashioned, it was owned, the house was owned by the Jews. All the property that my grandfather owned at one time, point in time was owned by the Jews. And where mm. I'm from, in the community where I'm from, those homes are extremely big, even even apartments. The apartment uh, my grandmother lived in was almost 3,000 square feet, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty big. As an adult, I ended up moving into that same apartment that my grandmother <laughs> had. She just moved in the building next door with the same layout. So mm-hmm. when my children were growing up, our place was small enough that, you know, I didn't have to holler at my babies, and I didn't. However, once we moved into that apartment, like I said, it was over 3,000 square feet. So in order for my kids to hear me in their room, I had to holler. Got some uh, a voice and some lungs on me, like you gonna hear me. So mm-hmm. I we lived in that apartment for five years. Once we moved from out of that apartment to something smaller, it was just I never stopped, and I truly want to stop. I cannot stand it. I hate. I see my daughter doing almost the same thing. And I'm looking at her, and I'm like, don't do not do that. You got that mm-hmm. from me, and that's a very bad habit, and we must stop it. So I need help. I this this It ain't cool. It ain't cool. It raises my mm-hmm. blood pressure, um, mm-hmm. and I can't take it no more. I don't like that part of me. That is just so ugly, and so I can't it. stand it. Change it. Say, I'm not going to do it no more, but what you have to do, is constantly reprogram your mind with saying that I'm not going to yell no more. And just like it, it was programmed into you because you constantly heard your grandmother yelling over and over and over again. So it was planted in your subconscious mind. Now you've got to de- again, deprogram it by first admitting it and then delete it and say, I'm going to reprogram my mind with not doing it no more. I just refuse to yell. I refuse to be like my grandmother. I don't want my child to turn out like me. So in order for me to cut that mechanism in half of programming, especially with my child, I'm going to stop it, period. And what you got to do is constantly, in order to reprogram them, you got to constantly say it to yourself, I don't choose to yell anymore. And each time you find yourself getting ready to yell, stop. Like you said, it raises your blood pressure. Make a final decision in your mind that you're not going to do it anymore. And, again, say it to yourself. One of the things I, like I said earlier in the show, I recommend reprogramming your mind is at night before you go to bed, 19 times. I, I do it 19 times work for me. It may be less or more for you. I don't want to yell anymore. I will not yell anymore. I will not yell anymore. I will not yell anymore. So you're going to reprogram your subconscious with that energy. And before you know it, you'll stop yelling. You will. You'll stop yelling. <clears throat> and then with your daughter, she'll actually start taking on that same energy. 
Because once she starts saying you yell, she will stop. Right, right. You can right. just be in the bud right now. Mm-hmm. But again, how you have to do it is make a final choice and try final decision in your mind. You create your thoughts. You're going to have the thought, well, I'm tired of doing it. I don't want to yell no more. Just raise my damn blood pressure. My head hurts. My chest hurts. You know what I mean? I just can't exactly. And, and I, you know, over and over again. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And, you know, it's really crazy because I now live in a house that's 32 square feet. So from the first to the third floor, when I'm hollering for my boys, they can hear me on the first floor, <laughs> all the way on the third floor. <laughs> and so, you know, I said, you know what, probably two is laziness. I had to think about that. Like, well, get your, get up, go all the way up them steps mm-hmm. and say what you need to say. And I, that just, just in you just saying what you said, all of this could have preve- been prevented a long time ago. I recognize that. All I had to do was just go back, go walk, go to them, go to them. It's like deja vu because I say this to my parents when they want to raise their voice at their kids. I say, or, you know, stop them from mm-hmm. doing something. Get up. Get your butt off your chair, out your chair. Go to them. Tell them to stop. Go talk to them. You know, constantly, constantly. And I had to tell one person, I said, I know it sounds like lever the cleaver or some crap, but you really got to do that in order to change. You Sometimes we just lazy. The bottom line is a lot of it is laziness, not getting up and going to. And yeah. I was just so glad you had this program because now that you said the 19 times, say it to myself, it's a few other things I probably, I'm going to have to throw that in there because, Every year, I make a change for the better me. I've been have, doing that and making changes every year since I was 14 years old, believe it or not, mm-hmm. for a better me. I don't know where I got that from or why, but every year since I was 14 years old, I've made changes for a better me. Sometimes it was hard to navigate because I don't have... I wouldn't discuss the changes that I knew that I needed to make. So I kind of like didn't share that with everybody, not even my right. own mother. So right. I even said that to, had, you know, say that to all my kids, like every year you need to think about making changes. Always think about what didn't work for you. Um, and I'm going to tell you as a result of that, my daughter just became a full-fledged firefighter last Friday. Oh, congratulations to her. Congratulations. I <laughs> see another thing I want you to keep in mind, 310, I'm coming to you next. Another thing I want you to keep in mind is that you didn't like it. And keep that and, and, and take yourself back to when your grandmother used to yell and hit y'all all the time. You didn't like it. So guess what? Put in your mind the feeling that you had when your grandmother was hitting on you and yelling on you and yelling at you, you didn't like it. So I want you to put yourself back there. Take yourself back into them feelings and emotions that you had when that was happening to you. Bring them to the present, okay? And imagine mm-hmm. how it's affecting your daughter now and yourself. Right. I got one question. I got a really Um. On my maternal side, um, with my grandmother, her and her siblings, um, 
I used to think it was the exception of my grandmother, but my mother made me aware it was her too. And what I'm what I'm saying is like they had a bad habit of putting people down. My grandmother, I used to always think was kind of different, but my mother always said, no, it's, she's just like her siblings. She just does it in a different way, a little bit more craftier way. I'm saying this because when I was go- when I had my uh, two children, my mother used to think that I was really, really too hard on my kids. And, um, and you know how they always say the truth really hurts? <laughs> well... You know, I've always tried to be very truthful, even though I know if I'm telling the truth, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings. But my mother used to always say, you can say anything that you want to a person. It's just your tone and how you say it. But it's always, and so I always tell everybody, even on the radio when I'm doing my radio program, you know, even though I know I might have to say something to somebody that might hurt their feelings, I always have to say to myself, you know, but I'm telling the truth. And if I don't tell you, how are you going to feel when society come up to you and tell you the same thing? Some people will take it if society tells them and they won't take it when a person close to them tells them that. So, you know, it started kind of making me be silent about stuff. And I just want to know, should I still continue to voice my opinion, even though it might, I'm not trying to put nobody down. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But what should I do? And I do that even with my grandkids, and I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I'm not trying to hurt them. But I'm just trying to be honest. Well, I mean, you know, this is what I've learned. You, like I tell everybody, you can be honest. But when you be honest, whether it's a situation that someone's dealing with, whether it's bad or, you know, you're telling the truth, you always reinforce it with a positive. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, one of the biggest things I, I try to explain to people is if I get on you about something, there's a reason why. Let me tell you why. why? You know, just like I deal with children. Well, this is why Nana don't want you to do this, because Nana don't want you to hurt yourself. Now, you know why right. I'm yelling at you? Because you keep doing it over and over again. And Nana don't want to yell at you, but because you don't listen, Nana has to raise her voice a little bit so she can let you know that if you don't listen, you can possibly get hurt really bad. You know what I mean? So right. what we have to do is there's nothing wrong with being truthful. If, if, uh, let's use an example of someone, you know, is doing something wrong. Let's say a man is cheating, right? Well, you know you're wrong for that. You're wrong for cheating because your wife has been doing this and she's doing that. This is, you're wrong. But the question I have to ask you is why do you cheat? What's, right. behind the re- what's the reason behind why you do what you do? That's why I always say why is why, why? You have to get into people's psyche to understand why they carry out the actions that they do and why there's a need for you to tell them the truth about it. They have to hear the truth because they have to take responsibility. But, again, it's how you bring that approach to them. You can tell a person the truth. They may not like it, but it's back to what your mother said, how you say and what tone you use and how and what words you use also is very important and how you reinforce it because you have to be able to discern someone's a psyche or their emotion or the, the way a person is built. Example, 
if you know a person is the angry type of person, or, or no, this is sensitive, very sensitive, they're going to take your truth to being judged. You know what I mean? But yeah. you're not judging them. You're not judging them. You're just telling them the truth. So how do you deal with a person that's very sensitive and they're going to take it that way? You're going to have to deal with them accordingly. So you're going to have to probably use different type of words, use different type of language, or reinforce with a positive. You know what? You know you should have been doing this, and I'm going to be real with you, and I'm going to tell you the truth. You were wrong. But, again, Mm -hmm. you know what? That's not to judge you. It's to say that nobody's perfect. Whatever reason you did what you did is only a reason that you know why. But am I here to judge you? No. All I can tell you is like this. You need to change that because you were wrong. You know what I mean? It's just how you bring it to the people and how you're able to discern their feelings and how that person is. Like, I read people very well. So Mm -hmm. I will address them accordingly, you know, and I'll, based off of what I see with their spirit or what I'm feeling, then I will address them accordingly. You know what I mean? So I think what I think, so I'm hanging on to your every word. So I think what I'm probably missing that Mm -hmm. I'm doing is reinforcing it with positive. For some reason, Nikki, I just feel like that is just, I, it's just kind of hard for me because I forget that piece so easily. Because when I think about my aunt and my grandmother and all this stuff I didn't, you know, I had to deal with, that was the piece that they were missing when they were talking to me. Reinforcing it with positiveness. Yeah. And my mother would do that. But you know how we are with our parents sometimes. We They're talking to us, but we're blocking, right. not really paying attention to everything, just what we want to um, digest in here. So I definitely going to have to work on me, like I said, to be a better me because I'm – I heard what you said loud and clear. It resonates with me real deep. And I can mm-hmm. tell that's what I'm missing that I have to right. learn how to do. Right. Right. And see, and, and at the end of the day, when you are comfortable with your skin, when you're comfortable with who you are and, 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 and have healed, for whatever you've been through, then you can deal with it in a way where you can help others a little bit more deeper than what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, but you have my number. We can talk off here. I do have two more people that just came in, and I want to address them because I should have been off of here, but I do like okay. people. So, definitely, you call me. You have my number off here, and we'll talk some more, okay? Okay. All right. Give thanks. All right. Give thanks. I'm going to put you back on music. Okay. All right, 310, you're on the air, 310. Good evening, Sister Nikki. This is Candy. How are you? Hey, Candy. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, what was I calling to ask about? It was something you had said again. It's something that you had said in one of my readings, too. Um, you said about, it's something about karmic debt, you know, how, uh, like a karmic debt relationship. Uh-huh. Now, what does what does that mean? And does it mean that it's um, like forever, or 
No, not necessarily forever. Sometimes, you know, when you have had a past life with somebody, they say one of your soulmates. We could have more than one. One of, one of right. We can wow. have more than one. And sometimes the ancestors break the contract with the one that you were supposed to be with because they're not ready physically. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying uh-huh. is that sometimes we're put back together because whatever we went through in the past life, we have to learn to correct in this life, right? And they'll put you with a person who will be your common debt. Who you had, like, if you did something in your past life. To that, and, and you didn't do right by a person in that past life, you got to make it up in this life with that person again. So you're giving a chance to do it right this time. So that person okay. is your comic debt, okay? And I find that out how, like, what the actual debt is. I've never asked. And well, I, it depends I shouldn't on have Right. Well, it depends. Like, I would have to read you and your, just say you and your husband. I would have to read y'all. Why is it mm-hmm. that y'all were born together? Is it just because y'all were soulmates, or is there more to it than that? Is it just to bring children together? Y'all are supposed to stay together forever? Or is it because you all two have a common debt to each other? There's something yeah. that you did in the past life to your mate that you need to correct in this mate, and you're giving a chance to see if you can get it right like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would have to do a, like a past life reading on you both. Oh, okay, I see. Okay. So, yeah, I haven't had one yeah. of those yet. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Did you get your spiritual bath? No, not yet. Why? No, not, not yet. I, I don't know. Did I give you the tracking number? Um, uh, I have to check my text messages. So I, I don't think I don't think I got the I don't think I got the uh, the, the tracking number. Let me see. Wait. Let me make sure because I don't know when did I talk to you because I think I don't know if you sent out back the last time, but I'll. Let's see. Okay. Candy ring. Candy ring. in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna text and then I'll text you, Candy. Let me just check the basket real quick. And see, because I'm not sure if I sent it out last week to this week, that we didn't be caught, but I asked you to say you. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been, uh, just, I've just been saging to, um, saging and burning things with the myrrh and sandalwood in the meantime to, to help bring up the vibration in the, in the house. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, all the envelopes that are going out should be up there. The one I can't hear you right now. I know somebody's in. Hold on. All right, I'll check for you and I'll text you when we get off here, okay? Okay. All right. So we'll definitely do that. All right, let me get to the last two lines and then I got to get off of here, y'all. I'm way over time. I should have okay. been off. Okay. All right, wait Thank a minute. Thank you, sister. I really appreciate it. So, Candy, yours is going out Tuesday. It didn't go out last week, but it's going out Tuesday. All right. Okay. So it didn't go out. You didn't get it. Okay. All right. So I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, sis. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Stay on the line. We're going to go to 281. 281, you're on the air. 281. Hey. Hey, Nikki. This is Nikki. 
Hey, Nikki. I have a question is how my outlet is on, like, just stuff, destruction, whatever, you know, um, what we don't like. I have an issue with, um, can I, <laughs> some people say I might be naive or gullible, but, mm-hmm. like, the thing is, people can do stuff to me and piss me off. And for some reason, I can't stay mad mad at them. I be mm-hmm. want to be mad. I want to deal with the issue, but for some reason, I can overlook it and then move on. But uh, other people look at it like this person needs to be on this person. Okay, I can hardly hear you. Your phone sounds like it's far away. You said you have a hard time being saying mad at people when they do stuff to you? Yeah. And, um, I don't know, it's something I deal with. I know that's not a man it's a bad thing all the crud, but I think it's, it's, it's that normal, but I still see what someone to me and still feel with it. So, like I'm trying to, if I'm explaining it correctly. Well, uh, I can hardly hear you, but what I'm what I'm getting is what, what you're saying is now it, that's a good thing that you can forgive because what you're doing is you're choosing not to let that energy stay within your psyche, you know, which is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with not being mad anymore. Only part there's a problem with is if you allow someone to do things to you and you don't stay mad and you allow them to continue to do what you, that says that there's a problem that we have to address. And it could be a fear that comes from when you was a young child. Maybe you were afraid of losing friends. You know what I mean? Maybe you mm-hmm. felt like you, uh, you know, would constantly, you know, not be mad and let them do it again. That you would lose friends. It come. It could come from many different things that comes from your childhood. So, okay, based off what you were just saying, because I couldn't hear you. Your phone was cutting up. You said that. If you forgive them, you can't stay mad at them. Are you still dealing with these people that are doing things to you? Sometimes, yes, even personal and in business. And it upsets me because, like, they do stuff. I see them doing, like, I still have to give a discernment. But for some reason, I keep overlooking. I can know someone's wrong for me, and I keep dealing with them over and over again until and it takes a whole lot of um, I'm kind of aggressive. And so Mm -hmm. after I allow them to do so much, then I can cut them off. It it, it takes a whole lot for me to cut people off. And sometimes I just want to say, okay, look, they did me wrong. Let me move on. Let me go. And I keep giving people chance after chance. And I used to not be like that. I used to get hold a grudge and be mad at someone, move on real quickly. But I don't know what's changing if last few years, now I can't stay mad at someone, but it seems like it hurts me more and more because I keep going for it, going for it, and people seem to find out who I am and how I am, and some people take advantage of that. Okay. <clears throat> We're saying that with age, you know, we gain wisdom, we gain compassion, we gain a little bit more patience, okay, for once. you got to understand that. So you're a little bit older now. Now you probably also are able to see a little bit more and read a person's spirit a little bit more than you were back then. 
So the reason you continue to forgive is because you understand that the problem is really not with you, it's with them. You know what I mean? And it's sort of like un- unconsciously you're giving them a chance because you know really their problem lies with them and not with you. So you're giving them a chance because you see something that you're not understanding about this person that may be able to be corrected. You got me? It's yeah, sort of like I always the- feel like I'm, you know how they say that Captain Saberhole? I'm always feeling like I'm in someone's life to change them and make a change. But then in that time of trying to change them or help them, it seems like it breaks me down. Yeah, and that's because you're also partly empathic when you're taking on that energy when you have to learn how to block that energy and just do what you do, which is knowing that you're in their lives to help them, but not taking on it, not taking their personal issues on to the point where it's affecting you. You have to let it go. You know what I mean? And what you're doing mm-hmm. is you're engaging, you're so much, you're engaging yourself so much into that person to help them, knowing that you're there to help them, but you're also taking on that energy. You have to learn to separate that. I had to do that. I had to learn how to separate it. And once I was done with doing whatever my duty and job was to do to help that person, once I'm done off the phone with them or whatever, I'm not thinking about it anymore. I stopped taking on the energy of it. And I began to leave it with me spiritually, with the ancestors. But you're going to have to learn how to let it go. And realize sometimes, you know, even though you know you may be there to help them, you have to know when the limit is, when you have to say, okay, it's out of my hands now. Let the ancestors deal with it because it's something greater that this person needs that I can't give them because now it's affecting me. It's affecting my sight and my being. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. have to make that decision to make a, a cutoff limit, a cutoff limit. Period. You know what I mean? Okay. The other thing is being passive aggressive. That says another problem because if you are the type that allows someone to continue to hurt you in any type of manner, whether it's mentally, physically, or whatever, you know what I mean, then yeah. that's the problem. That's saying that you're not tapping into your psyche and your emotions and your feelings enough to recognize that, you know what, you do not allow no one to, how can I put this, to hurt you in any type of manner. You don't like the feeling of it. And when you continue to allow it, it actually gets you to the point where you blow up and then you go up and no. You have to make a decision to stop letting that happen. The first time it happens, cut it off. Don't, don't, don't continue to let it happen. It don't feel good to you and cut it off from the point. But you only could do that. I can tell you all day long. You can sit here and say you're passive progressive all day long. Do you will not be passive progressive? You know what I mean? Because based off of that, it's like I was on the earlier early caller. We have all these titles that we're giving. You know, a clinically you know diagnosed with being passive progressive. Who makes the rules? Who makes the rules? Maybe at that time you wasn't using your psyche and addressing your psyche enough to know that. I don't want this feeling anymore, so I'm not going to have this feeling anymore. So let me change it because nobody else can change it but you. So if you don't choose to be passive-aggressive, then just decide to reprogram your mind with saying, I am not passive-aggressive. That energy will not affect me anymore. You know what I mean? 
So it, it comes right. back to what I was saying earlier. We are programmed and brainwashed with different titles, with the way that society or another man says it was supposed to be or how we are. When sometimes the ways that we are and our beings as human beings is based off of what society has told us we are. When we recognize and go within and realize that we are not the beings that society says that we should be, then we will see a more harmonious daily life. But we pretty much live our lives, and I did a show about this a while back, if you remember, based off of what society tells us or how society tells us how to live. If you gotta, if you get depressed for one day, oh, now you're clinically, clinically depressed, you're human being. Your emotions, uh, your body is water, so your emotions will go up and down like a wave. You know what I mean? So what we have to recognize is that we did not, we're not perfect beings. There's nothing perfect about us. So you will have your good days and bad days, but does that mean that you are depressed? No. Who says that you're depressed because you don't feel like being bothered or you don't want to deal with what people say? I don't like being out in a crowd of people. Does that make me a person that's, uh, you know, pretty much a depressed person and I got a problem with being around people? No. I'm just a person that does not like a lot of crowd of people. I'm not depressed. I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, they society is the what they say is the norm is what we like to go by, and then they give us a diagnosis of these clinically, you know, psychological conditions because you don't respond the way that you are supposed to respond. Now you become passive aggressive. No, you're not. It's just a matter of happening to your psyche and say, I don't choose to be mad at this person right now. I don't choose to deal with this person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my thing is, it, it, this is why I did the show tonight, and I hope everybody wrote this down and actually takes the time out to write down the information, deprogramming your mind from the way that society and man has brainwashed you to think and how to live, and then deleting it and reprogramming your mind according to what your emotions and your feelings and your body and mind and soul is, is saying and feeling and your thoughts say. Not what man said. So that's why I want to do this show. So stop by doing that, Nikki. Um, and you'll see, it'll change. It's just a matter of us reprogramming our mind. Like I said, the mind is like a computer. Just like they call the brain of the computer the brain. You program a computer. You program your brain. You can deprogram your brain. You can delete information from your from your brain. You know what I mean? And that's what mm-hmm. we have to understand. You can delete anything that man has told you. And you can reprogram it what your own spirit and your own psyche tells you. And that's what we have to start doing. So if you don't like the way that feels by you being the type of person that's always forgiven, always letting people do stuff to you, change it. Just wake up and say, I don't want to do it no more. Every night and night, I'm not going to let people continue to do that to me. Simple as that. And watch. It happens naturally. It sort of manifests in your life. Okay? Okay. All right, thank All you right. so much. I appreciate it. You are so welcome. All right, we are going to take the last caller for the night, y'all. I should have been off here at 1030. I went overtime. 760, you on the air. Hi, Nikki. I'm feeling a little uh, guilty that you're taking my call at this point. <laughs> That's not a problem. But, 
Okay, okay, because I was going to say, we could, we can continue this maybe off the air if you're tired. I totally understand. No, that's fine. Um, we have some fun. Okay. Okay. So I, um, I, you know, at this point in the show, uh, I figure, you know, it's just a matter of reprogramming what I'm feeling at this point that, um, you know, how do you deal with your mom? Um, the person is your mom, and... Uh, she's constantly finding fault or she uh, constantly wanting to blame um, that kind of thing where she, you know, is not really interested in having so much of ha- having a relationship as she is maybe, you know, being the one who is right. Um, so that kind of, you know, that kind of gets into my own children and, uh, you know, when when she sees that they're around, uh, she vies for their attention, et cetera, et cetera. So it always seems like it's a it's a game. And um, you know, my son was my oldest son was actually telling me, um, sharing with me that his feelings about the fact that uh, his father and I divorced, and um, he has the fear that he does not ever want to get married um, because he fears that it's going to turn out the way that, you know, did for his parents and, um, you know, the fact that they can't even speak to one another. And I keep reminding him that I'm totally open and totally wanting a harmonic, you know, a a relationship that is harmonious with his father, with open communication and friendliness, and so that we can continue um, to be healthy, you know, healthy family. Uh, that may have chosen not to stay together, but still um, the children are still still the center of a healthy and whole family that communicates. And when I remind him of that, he seems to want to blame me. So it keeps coming back to the same thing, blame, 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 finger pointing at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's extremely, that sends me into... A deep hole, like a dark hole. Mhm, mhm. Well, don't let it send you into a dark hole. And how old is your son? Going to be twenty-four in a week. Okay. Well, what's his relationship like with his father? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of rocky. Although I see that, uh, I mean, when he comes, he comes into town because he's about an hour and a half away. And when he comes into town, he stays with him because his mother doesn't have a place for him to stay. Um, his father did not give me any alimony. Um, and so I've been, you know, trying to make a life of my own. Um, but uh-huh. he still visits him and he tells him, you know, it, there are times he has to be like the adult who sits down or the psychologist and sits down with him and says, you're not doing the right thing to his father. You're not doing the right thing. Uh, you know, you need to be able to do this, that, and the other thing. And so it's like it, his father is a confusing role model, I feel. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems why he keeps blaming you, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what you need to do in, 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 in reference to his comment of always saying, well, I don't want to get married. I think the way my parents got divorced. You need to have a deeper conversation with him about what marriage is and what marriage is supposed to be and how we're not perfect means, okay? Um, you you shall not judge anybody. I don't know what your dad was thinking in his mind. I don't know what his emotional state was. I have my own issues and emotional 
feelings and, you know, distresses that I was going through. But mm-hmm. you have to explain to him in depth why these things happen to just not you all, but many people that get divorced and how he's yeah. not the only child in the world who has divorced parents, you see? So, you know, 24, not, and you also have to teach him to use his own own thinking, not what, what you say, what not what dad says, but what are your feelings? Find out what he's really feeling. Why does he keep blaming you? Is he blaming you because he felt like you guys got a divorce because he thinks you cheated? What did the dad tell him? What really happened? And the question, again, now to you is, why did you all get a divorce? Because I realized that, first of all, communication was sometimes non-existent. I felt I felt devalued in the relationship. Um, uh, you know, raising the kids was extremely, tremendously challenging. Um, he he suggested I be the disciplinarian at the very beginning, and I said that was fine with me so long as we had an agreement that he would reinforce and support me in mm-hmm. the disciplining. Um, but and then thereafter, throughout the marriage, he would point out to me that he didn't agree with my practices and that his own parents were played good cop, bad cop, and that he thought it was just fine playing good cop, bad cop. Mm, okay. So this is a problem now because now you hear your children are blaming you for yeah. the divorce that you all went through, which yeah. to a certain extent I have to say, your son, he's 24 years old. He's old enough to know better. He needs to learn how to use and, and, and use his own, you know, thinking. You know, not what Dad said, but what do you think? And this is what you have to ask him. You all have to sit down and ask him, what are your thoughts? Why do you blame me? And why do you feel that I'm the bad guy? And just let him talk and let him say what he has to say. Well, I felt like you disciplined us and you did this or whatever he's going to say. And then you address it from there, okay? Well, I'm not perfect. I was stressed out because I felt like I was taking majority of the responsibility and dad mm-hmm. wasn't. And see, according mm-hmm. to what I'm seeing spiritually, it looks like dad felt like his job was only to bring the money in, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. your job. But in the, in the back of his mind, he was playing good cop, bad cop, which is not good. And now these children are messed up behind it. And now mm-hmm. the thing is being pointed at you because you were being the disciplinary and he wasn't. And he's looked at as a good guy because he was bringing the money in and he was a good cop. And, you know, oh, daddy did the best things. He worked, he bought money, and we were straight. You know, no, no. You need to tell your kids the real deal. I was stressed out. You know, as a mother, it takes a lot of work. You're a mother 24-7, you know. Right. And you need to tell your son, and your son is a little bit spoiled. That's what I see, too. They're a little bit mm-hmm. on the spoiled side. I don't know how much material things you guys materialize. Well, that's like- exactly what his father did. Yep, his mm-hmm. father tried to buy their love a lot. Mhm. And now that's why he thinks the way that he thinks. And mm-hmm. now what you have to do is take him back to a real life experience or what it means not to be bought by love. Love is what you did for them children, which was discipline them, nurture them, mm-hmm. do whatever mm-hmm. you had to do as a mother to raise I them did. and you to put it in their mind. Right. 
and they also heard their father speak to me in ways that were was very disrespectful. He was very sarcastic. He was very inconsiderate. And, you know, they have a tendency to do that. And there were times, I mean, I had them stay with me. I actually had a friend who said, sure, you could use my house so I could have my sons come into town and stay with me while she was away. And there were times I just wanted to throw their bags outside the front door and say, it's time for you to leave. You, If you're going to speak to me this way, it's time for you to leave. I'll give you one more chance to be respectful to me. Otherwise, please leave. Now, who's I mean, doing sometimes children that or the other ex-husband? Who's what? Who is speaking no, no. to you this day? I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about my both my sons. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but you have to realize, no, this is what you have to realize, and what you have to do, what I was talking about earlier, is reinforcing the negative or the positive. Okay, the reason I don't want you to disrespect me is because this is how your dad talked to me, and it's not okay to talk right. to your mother this way. So you have to let him know why it's not okay. Yeah, 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 As I did mention mom- that. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did. Okay, so. Said, you, have, you have to understand that. The way that you're speaking to me reminds me of the way that your dad spoke with me, and it's not okay anymore for me. And they, they no, shoot but, back but listen, at me. It's and not, say, it wasn't okay, okay then. It's not just now. Right. It's not okay for me anymore. It's, right. It wasn't it's, okay then. It's not okay right. now. And right. what you all right. need to understand is that when you get a young woman in your life, you That's don't want right. to treat her that way because you won't have her either. How about That's that? That's exactly right. I said that too. And you know what they say back to me? You always have to bring up our father. We told you we don't want you to talk about him anymore. <laughs> and, you know, it's like it's a constant bickering and battle. And it's like I just don't want to have to fight for my rights like this anymore. It's exhausting and draining. Well, then stop fighting for your rights anymore and let the ancestors deal with them. And that's what right. you have to do. Make a decision. Right. I will. I will not. Because let's put it this way, you know what you have done. I do. I do. You know what I you was have both done the mother children. and father in this in in their upbringing. Both the mother and the father. I was nurturing. I was the, the disciplinarian. I overcompensated for the father that just didn't want to do what was his responsibility to do. Well, I need you to pat yourself on the back now and know that you did an excellent job. And remove it out of your mind that you're this bad mother because they said so. Stop trying to please them and move on. They're grown now. And what you do is, you know what, you love them according to how you want to love them and let them see for themselves. And do not bicker with them anymore. Do not argue with them anymore. And pat yourself on the back knowing that you did the best that you could as a woman, as a mother, and as a wife to this man. And you're not going to tolerate that's energy from him, nor your sons anymore. Sons and no sons, too bad. Let mm-hmm. them see. And when you stop speaking about it, and you know what, and say, you know what, until you actually see who I was to you, I don't have anything to say to you. I don't care if you're my sons and no sons. You're going to appreciate what I've done for you. And if I have to continue to waste my energy and time on trying to explain myself, fight with you, tell I'm not going to do it anymore. Shut them down. 
and there's nothing wrong with shutting them down because what you're doing now is you're reversing the energy back on them and taking it off of you because you did what you had to do as a woman, a mother, and a wife. And now they're grown enough to know right from wrong, okay? And for them to tell you, I don't want to hear about your dad anymore, well, then you tell your dad the same thing because honestly speaking, this all comes back to what I tell people all the time, especially with marriages. I never, ever once talked bad about my ex-husband. When my daughters got older, I explained to them why we weren't together. Yes, he was a very good father. I would never take that away from him, but we didn't get along because he used to drink and we used to fight. So what I did is I made sure that they understood that when it came to them, he was an excellent father. But when it came to our one ship that we had, our marriage, it wasn't good. We just couldn't get along. We were young. But I never once badmouthed him. And see, this is what makes me angry with some of these divorces and men and women because they always want to badmouth the other parent. That's not right. But what you do is you have to put the energy on him. You take it away from you. Just make a final decision in your mind that you will not deal with it anymore because you know that you did the best that you can do. And leave it alone. Let them deal with it. Let them sit over there with their dad and be miserable. Trust me, it's not going to keep them away from you because then they're going to begin to start missing you. They're going to be missing and thinking about the right. things you did do for them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I've thought about that. Yeah. So now think about it, do it, and remove that energy from you. Stop worrying about it. Don't fight with them. Any, don't say anything anymore. And let it go. How long have you guys been divorced? Uh, well, I we separated in 2011 and officially in 2012. So I would say it's been five years. Okay, five years. You should have been happy and moved on. Let them boys oh, be. They'll be all right. They'll bo- the boys will be all right. Now, one thing I want to ask you before we go, real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Why do I keep picking up a mistress with your husband? Was there another woman? No, no. He's got a fiance right now. Okay, are you sure this fiance wasn't his mistress before you guys got separated? Yeah, I'm sure. How sure are you? I'm really, really sure. So he didn't have any other woman while you guys were dealing with each other? No, no. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't know. Spirit don't lie, but I'm going to just say like this. Keep picking up another woman while you guys are married. Whether he slept with her, I don't see that, but I keep seeing another woman. Okay, okay well, you know, maybe maybe towards the end. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you know what? It doesn't even matter now. What matters yeah. is the fact that you have moved on with your life. Your boys are grown, okay? And you should no longer have to fight with that energy that they're putting out to you. Let them go. Let yeah, go. yeah, I, I agree. Totally agree. And do you, so you don't think that there's any other conversations to have with them because, you know, yeah. At this point, based off of what you just said to me in reference to you telling them about mm-hmm. what happened and how this happened, no, there's no other conversation because at this point it's affecting you emotionally, mentally. You know what I mean? So, no, there's nothing else. What I need okay. you to do is flip the ener- I need you to flip the energy and say, you know what, I did the best I could, and I'm proud of the way that my boy turned out to a certain extent because, of course, they listened to their dad. And you got to remember, they turned out some way because of the things that they seen their dad do. He was not a good role model. 
okay? Right, right, right. So what you have to do is you have to let it go. They're not little boys anymore. <sighs> Mommy did her job. Mommy's done, okay? Yeah. If you want to think yeah. that daddy, daddy's the best, then fine. I still love you, and I will always love you, but you did your job. So let it go. Right. Don't put another thought or a waste of time or energy into speaking about him, what he does, what he didn't do in the past, what he's not doing in the future. That's not your problem. Right. Right. Your problem now is to enjoy your life, move on, and just know, again, pat yourself on the back for the great job you did of raising your kids to the best of your ability, not based off of what your ex-husband said you did and did not do. Because if that was the case, it would be ten times worse than not. Right. And the fact okay. that his and the fact that their father does not want to talk to me is just another way of uh trying to get the kids to blame me again. I mean it's just so such a power kind of control game that's played. Um that I realize uh, you know what, none of this is worth my energy anymore. That's right. It doesn't yeah. matter. So what? So what? It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. What does it matter to you? He's trying to not talk to you, you he's he doesn't realize what distance is to make. I don't care if you don't ever talk to me. I can care less. Right. Right. We still have a son in college, and, you know, for those purposes, when these things need to be coordinated or to know what's going on with, with when he comes and how he's coming back down to his hometown, you know, I thought, leave it, you know, those for those reasons like that, every blue moon. Uh, but even that is is beginning to make no sense. It, it's not worth it. Well, you know, the honest thing the honest thing is like this. She should have said, I don't have to speak to you. I can email you. What are we going to do about our time? And right. put it this way, I, and I'm going to share with you real quick. I had the same situation with my ex-husband just not too long ago. Real, real talk. And I really? called him up. I said, yeah, I said to him, now mind you, we've been separated since 1996. Wow. Okay, my daughter is 26 years old with a child, and she just moved out of her first apartment, stuff like that. So I text him and says, hey, I never took you to child support. I need you to do this. I need you to help her out. She needs some money. I just helped her pay this, 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 and that. He gets smart with me on the text message and tells me, well, I don't like the way you text me. Don't ever text me again, you know. So I said, really? I says, what is all the anger for? I says, um. I just asked you a question and made a statement. So I made him feel guilty. I said, there's no reason for you to come at me like this. I can care two shits about you, just like that. I said, all I know is that you have a daughter and she needs help and she's still young and she's going to need guidance and help and money sometime because she has a new apartment. So then what he did is he tried to flip the script on me and go show her the text. He calls her up and says, your mom texted me. And and then guess what happened to him? Because I had already alerted my daughter from day one. I showed her the yeah. text. She goes, I don't see anything wrong with that. And you're right. He needs the help. The energy worked against him this time. You mm. see what I'm saying? It worked against Definitely. him. Definitely. So when she Definitely. says, well, she says, well, Dad, I don't see anything wrong with what Mom said, and she's not wrong. She's not lying. I do need help. And she always helps every time I'm here. And I feel like that you need help more. My daughter told him the truth. And he had to shut his mouth up and humble himself. And then I knew he was going to feel guilty because he came at me the wrong way. So what I'm saying to you is in a situation with your son being in college, all you can do is come at him in a certain way. 
And if he doesn't do his part, then that's on him. Just do your part and do the best that you can. Don't worry about what he does and does not do. Because what Mm -hmm. that's going to do is put the energy on him. Your son's going to see that, hey, well, mom is here, but what about dad? It just happened. And I used to go through the same thing with my ex-husband with this all the time. We weren't talking. He got married again. He's got a new wife now when he's got another child. And I most of the, you know, most of the time I wouldn't bother him. I didn't give a damn. I don't care about you. I'm happy for you. Just make sure you do right by this one over here. So I went through this. So this is why I can speak on it. So when I did that to him, he had no choice but to step up to the plate and do what he had to do. Now, you don't ever have to speak to me, and I don't give a goddamn because I don't want to speak to you either. My child is grown. But when it comes to a point where she's coming to me and she's saying, well, Dad is not helping, and I don't want to ask him. He makes excuses, da 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 da. Then that's the problem. I'm going to speak on her behalf. You don't have to hear from me at all. I'll text you. We don't have to talk. And if I text you and you don't like it, then too goddamn bad. Do what the hell you got to do for your child. Because guess what? That's going to be a problem you're going to have when she doesn't want to help you when your ass is laying in the bed sick somewhere, and you're going to need the same child to help you when you get old. You got what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is not worry about what. He's not going to do, and don't even make an excuse why you need to be in touch with him and, and talk with him because he's made up in his mind he doesn't want to speak to you. Let that right. be his issue, not yours. You have a right. son together. You, he already knows what he has to do. He already knows that you all need to be communicating based off of the fact that your son is in college. But if he doesn't do it, don't you put one worry or thought into it. Just do what you can do as a mother and the best that you can do. And then what you right. do is tell your son, you reach out to dad. And if you're saying, well, why are you not talking? You know what? That's a question you have to ask dad. I would love to talk to dad, but guess what? He doesn't want to talk to me. It's not my problem. I just know I can do the best for you as your mother. And that way you're going to now take the same energy that he put out to your boys to have against you, put it against him, and let your son start seeing him for who he is. Mm-hmm. That's gotcha. how you have to deal with it. Okay? Right. Right. And as far as my mother, are you picking any energy up about her and what her deal is? Now, real quick, what did you say about your mother again? You said she was doing what? She, oh, she's, uh, she's kind of like, I don't feel she tells me the truth. Um, there's plenty of untruths that I've caught her in. Uh, and also whenever my sons are around, especially my oldest one, she's always pegged him as the favorite. And that's what she, she does. She She did that with me as her... You know, my brother was the favorite, whatever. She does that. And it's I've asked her not to do that with my children, but she did it anyway. And she tries to uh, she tries to like, go around me and steal time away, you know. So it's ridiculous. It's just that I, I don't, you know, again, I feel another person in my life, and it just happens to be, you know, close people that I feel are wanting to be competitive with me, stab me in the back. They don't have my back. Well, but then you have to let that be their issues and not yours. And although oh, it's but then you, I hear from my son again. I hear from my son again. Oh, uh, you know, uh, you have to be, you know, you're her daughter. You have to be. And how could you not be talking to her? How could you not want to be with her? I'm not going to come down anymore. I'm not going to be with you. This is ridiculous. I don't have a family. It's over and over and it's like, oh, my God, I, I feel like I'm living life for other people. Well, I mean, and change that. You can't worry about what they say and what they do. Again, it comes back to how you feel, 
what makes you feel comfortable. And you know what? If they feel that way, then that their issue is not yours. You can't worry about it. And if your son right. says that, say, you know what, I'm sorry the way that you feel, but that's not how I feel. I would love to be with Grandma, but me and Grandma just can't, you know, see eye to eye. And it's just not me, it's her too. So, uh, you know, the problem is, you know, you cannot live your life worrying about what other people say or what you need to do to make them feel comfortable. And it doesn't matter what they feel. It all matters. All that matters is how you feel and what you're doing and what makes you feel comfortable. Mother, son, it doesn't matter. And if they feel that way and you don't want to speak to your your mom because you guys cannot see eye to eye, then guess what? That's your problem, not theirs. So stop letting their words and their calls and all that get to you. Yeah. All you can do is the best that you can do. And everybody yeah. would say, it's hard. No, it's not hard. I would cut my mother off in a minute. If I didn't feel mm-hmm. comfortable and we were bumping heads, guess what? <clears throat> I didn't talk to my mom for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Don't take it personal. But I can't continue to live a life where, you know, I'm constantly going uh, 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 fighting you and we're supposed to be mother and daughter, whatever issues you have. You know, whatever whatever issues I had at that time, I was just refusing to back out of it because I wasn't going to continue to feed into that negative energy. And I yeah. backed out of it. And if it took for me not to talk to my mother a whole year, it made her also heal and understand why. Because we shouldn't even be fighting. We're mother and daughter. But whatever issues you had or whatever you didn't do when I was growing up or whatever I didn't do as an adult, then guess what? We're going to give us some time to heal. So maybe yeah. it's good that you're not talking to your mom now. Give her something to think about. You yeah. know what I mean? But you cannot, again, make their issues yours. Don't worry about what they say or what they're doing. And if they don't want to be bothered with you, oh, so be it. Because it's not yeah, like you did anything majorly wrong to hurt mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody's going to have their own perception about what they think, you know, happened or what they think you should be doing or why you're doing what you're doing. But mm-hmm. you only know why, and you know what you did and what you, you know, did not do. And right. you have to stop letting that affect you. Who cares? And it may sound hard. It may sound like you're being mean, but no, enough is enough. Because if you're on no. this show and you're complaining about it and it really bothers you, then you can stop it from bothering you by not letting them Get to you in the sense where it's messing with your emotions and your feelings. Cut it off. I don't care who, mother, son, I don't care. Because you are an individual in this world. You happen to have a mother, happen to have kids, happen to have a husband, but you're still an individual in this world, and you have feelings and emotions, and you are a human being, and you should be treated accordingly. Nobody's perfect. They're not even perfect. Your mother's not perfect. Your sons are not perfect. You know what? And they're making it sound like they are. Shut them down with telling them just like that. You all are not perfect. Do not sit here and reprimand me for something that you all are not able to do, which is be perfect. That's that and hang up the phone. Oh, man, that feels so liberating. It's It takes too much energy to play this circus game that's been that I've had to play. And, you know, exactly. it's all because I guess I have an inner fear that I'm going to be all alone. Well, you know, I don't have a lot of friends, and I have my children. I'm very bonded with them, 
and I don't want to let that go, and then my mother needs me, and it's it's all of that that's, there, those are reasons that actually drain me even more. It's like, no, the reasons need to be that I am feeling that I'm in the company of people who love and support me and they're life-enforcing, they're life-giving, not life-draining. I don't care well, what I their mean, name let's is, go mother, back, let's father, go back husband, quick, son. Let's go back to real quick what you said. Your mother needs you. If she really needed you, would she be arguing with you? So obviously she don't need you, for one. Okay, she's gonna need you though. You'll see. She's really oh, gonna know. need. You. Number yeah. two, your children. Okay, you're bonded with your children. I'm bonded with my daughters. We never ever lived lived apart from each other up until two months ago. No word of a lie. My daughters are 28 and 26. I'm very bonded with my daughters. But guess what? I had to make a decision that I had to let go. I had to cut the ties. Now, when I cut the ties, I was able to be at peace and get into me. Now, mm-hmm. as far as being lonely. Do I get lonely? Do I miss my daughter? Sure. But I don't miss them that much because they're right down the street. We can walk to each other's house. You know what I mean? But am I thankful that I got time to myself and really breathed to do what I have to do? Absolutely. But listen to me. I don't have the fear of being lonely because I was brought into this world by myself and I'm going to leave by myself. So (laughs) I don't have the fear of being lonely. I don't have the fear of losing my children. Did I at one time? I got a little bit, you know, when when they got older, they started going out and doing their own thing. But then when I, when I looked at it, they really needed me. they get lost without me. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, <laughs> start being, or start, excuse me, start learning to realize that they're going to be wrong, out on their own. They're their own individuals. They're going to do their own thing. You do the same thing. Yeah. And I don't know why my my oldest son said this to me. He said, uh, what is it going to take for you and my father, for my mother and father to start speaking to one another? Maybe it's going to take something really extreme that I'm going to have to do, something really extreme, and and then you're going to feel really sorry. And I'm thinking to myself, as soon as I heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? And then later, of course, after the conversation was over, it came to me again on my mind. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And then I thought, oh, my gosh, what is he talking about? Like committing suicide or, or, or getting into, you know, a bad accident? I mean, it's like this is the way this kid, it's, it's like he tries, he feels fear, so he tries to instill, instill fear. It's like he's trying to manipulate something that he wants by going to the dark side. I mean, it's like, I don't work that way. So he had me a little upside down when he said something like that. Well, you know, what we need to do is we need to continue this conversation over here because it's going past my time. My time is exacting up on the call, so what we'll do. Okay, okay, got it. If you want another reading or you want to do a spiritual counseling session, you can go to my website. Okay. Thank you so much. Do you have my website? Well, no. Okay. All right, we'll do that because my sinuses are really draining and the allergies are getting to me. And then we're over time. So anyway, we'll definitely carry on this conversation, but remember what I said. What I said. I know, Nikki. Um, I will. 
and everything will be okay, okay? Just make that decision to not let these people, and I say these people because that's how they're treating you. Although they're family, these people make you feel a certain way. Make a choice that you will not allow them to do this to you anymore, okay? Okay. Yes. All right. Now, thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah. You are so welcome. All right. Now, I want to say to everybody, we'll see everybody on Thursday. You guys know I do Sunday and Thursdays now. So Thursday night, 9 p.m., okay? Tune into the show, another topic, another great show, and we'll see everybody on Thursday. If you would like spiritual reading, you all know you can go to my website, www.nikkilovewunam.com. NikkiLoveWunam.com, and that's N-I-C-K-Y-L-O-V-E-W-U, and it's N-A-C-A-M-S-M-A-R-Y.com. So we also do ritual work. We have products, spiritual baths, spiritual, and we do paranormal activity. We do all that very stuff. So check us out. Go to the website. We'll see everybody on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Blessings, family. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.